This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. You are listening to the flagship podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. You've told me like four times. I can hear you breathing. Stop breathing. I don't, I don't think breathe. I said stop breathing. To be honest, I did not say stop breathing. Rich asked me to stop breathing. That's I wouldn't be the first th- person in, uh, in the wrestling world to tell you to stop breathing. And after this show, you won't be the last. <laughs> and Rich Crage. Joe, are you ready for Roadblock End of the Line? Roadblock End of the Line. 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 Roadblock End of the Line seems to have some buzz. A lot of buzz from Roadblock End of the Line. really and we are live here on the flagship podcast. I'm Rich. He's Joe. Joe, what's happening? I think Aaron Donald just sacked Joe Burrow again. I, I, it's Hell of a game. Hell of a game for your uh, Los Angeles Rams. That was that was fun. This Bengals offensive line. I mean, they can't block me, but yeah, I mean, uh, Super Bowl champs. I didn't mean to come in strong burying the Bengals. I nah, they deserve it. Nah, they deserve it. I, I will. I will tell you this. I will say this. By kickoff, I was sick and tired of Joe Burrow. Joe Cool. Not because of <laughs> Joe Cool not- number two. Yeah, we uh we played a drinking game uh at my at the party I was at where anytime they mentioned Joe Cool or talked about Joe Namath or likened him to Joe Montana. And anytime Joe Burrow got compared to like a legendary quarterback uh or Joe Namath or they called him Joe Cool, we drank. And uh yeah, it made for quite a fun night. Yeah, I mean and not because of anything Joe Burrow has ever done or said, just because, my God, maybe, okay, you're not only a neutral observer, but you're also someone who doesn't even care about the NFL. So you're the perfect person to ask. Because I come from the perspective of I'm emotionally invested in the game, and I'm emotionally invested in the Rams winning the game. So things are probably going to annoy me more. But I had the idea. Going into this game, especially the final hours going into the game, that the national media wanted nothing more than to crown Joe Burrow at the end of the night. I mean, was it just me or that's the feeling I had by kickoff? I was so sick of Joe Burrow and I wanted that man to lose so badly, not just because I was rooting for the Rams, but because I felt like the national media could not wait to crown him. Did you get that sense? No, I didn't get it as, as much as you did. I didn't get it as much as you did. It was it was clear that they were obviously like totally fine with him winning and they would have been very, very okay with him winning. I don't know if I quite got the same vibe that you got. And, and I get I that. Like that when they're the, when, I thought that was the heaviest narrative that they were pushing. Uh yeah, that's pr- you're probably not totally off base with that. I also I didn't watch a ton of like the pregame stuff. I didn't watch a ton of like, you know, talking heads talking before the show or before the the uh, the game and all the weekend or whatever. So I guess I may have missed some of that, but it did. I mean, they were pretty heavy with it. It's like, I don't think that they would be upset if he won. I think they were probably hoping that he won. I don't know if maybe, but, but I, I totally get when you're like against that team. I, I have it all the time. I, I'm a White Sox fan for God's sakes. Anytime the White Sox are in a big tight situation, it's like almost always they're trying to, 
make the other team feel, okay, well, we don't want these guys to win because they're the second team in Chicago, so let's talk about this team or that team, all that sort of stuff. I mean, God, you talk about, you know, the White Sox face the Red Sox in the playoffs, and uh, I'll, I'll never forget this. And and there are people in this note in the note of chat room that are listening live that know that, like, we were on a White Sox message board at this time, and, like, it, we, we all lost our minds where um, the White Sox beats the Red Sox in the first round, the divisional round or whatever, uh, of the 2005 playoffs, and Chris Berman, when they, when the Red Sox, when the White Sox won, I should say, he goes, "Oh, the Red Sox, they're not going to repeat," and he's just like on the air crying about the Red. I'm like, motherfucker, my team just won. Like, shut up yeah, about the damn yeah. Red Sox. Like, oh, We're the about- quest to repeat. Yeah. Oh, the Red Sox. Oh, what an emotional moment for the Red Sox. I'm like, motherfucker, my team just won. Like, no, screw yeah, the Red Sox. They make, they make it more about the team that lost. Than yeah, the team that won. Get out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. Which I, I didn't get that sense after this game. I think, you know, when, once the Rams won the game, the Rams got all their flowers. That, but I, I really – and let's be honest. Burrow did nothing in the game. I mean, he did no, – if the Bengals would have won, I, he, I'm not even sure he would have won MVP. Like, he did nothing in the game. He threw uh, uh, the long touchdown pass to open the second half, which was a blatant uh, face mask, which it, which <laughs> – <laughs> no call with Jalen Ramsey getting thrown to the ground. I kind of wish uh, part of me, and, and again, I don't watch uh, football much anymore, but part of me was like, man, if they made that play legal, I might watch football a lot more. I like the idea. You just sprint downfield. You just decide, you know what? Now nah, you're going to the ground. man. <laughs> just grab the guy's face mask, tackle to the ground, catch the pass, score. I like that. I think they should in- in- institute that uh, in the NFL moving forward. If you don't want it, yeah, you know, look, if you don't want to get face masks and throw it to the ground, then throw the, you know, no more, basically take out interference. I want no more pass interference. Is that okay? NFL blitz style. I'm down. And then outside of that, I mean, he had the nice pass down the sideline to to uh, to chase in the first quarter. That's like the only play he made. I thought he was uh, clearly shook in the first quarter, a little nervous. He had a couple of overthrows. And then he gets the ball back with a minute 30 and two timeouts. And they've got like the second best or the best kicker in the world. And he didn't get him in the field goal range. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I don't watch much football these days. But uh, I uh, was was pretty perplexed, and everybody that I was watching with was pretty perplexed that, uh, yeah, fourth and one with two timeouts, game on the line. You go shotgun, just get sacked immediately. Like, of course you would always get sacked. <laughs> like, you know, yeah, I think a- he well, he didn't get sacked. He like tossed it up in the air, whatever it was. For all intents and purposes, his ass was sacked. Any other situation in the game, he's just sitting down and eating that sack. But he was like, ah, if I toss it up, maybe somebody will get it. No, it, four, it was fourth down, so he he was just trying to. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But yeah, it was like hike. A guy was already there. He fell over, and then he kind of tossed the ball up in the air. And I'm like, well, that's one way to lose the Super Bowl, I guess. So, well, not just a guy, the greatest defensive player to ever live. But, uh, and I could say that this week. Look, you could argue with me next week. You could argue with me next month. But uh, you know, you got to let the Rams Rams fans puff out their chest this week. And Donald's actually in that conversation, in all honesty. But no, I mean, that's a good example of Rich having not followed the NFL for like the last 10 years, because anyone who watches the NFL on a week in week out basis is not shocked by fourth and one empty shotgun. <laughs> With that's the Super Bowl on the line though. Yeah, I, don't get, like, that, I think that's, that's a little it. different when the, when the goddamn Super Bowl is on the line and you got a, it, a, a really great just, kicker, right? Like I feel like I haven't, I, 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 I know I haven't watched in a couple of years, but geez, that seems like an easy, you know, listen, play, but all right. I'm not even disagreeing with you. Just get the damn first down. But that's how these teams play now. Yeah. It would, you, I'm going to give you a. Uh, I'm going to give you an analogy. It would be like someone. It'd be like an NBA fan going into a coma in 1995, and they wake up tomorrow and they're like, "A team took 43." <laughs> right, right. <laughs> what? 
Like, could you imagine that? Like, if someone, you know, like if like if if Doctor Jack Ramsey came back from the dead and watched a Warriors game next week, he'd be aghast at what he was watching. You know what I mean? That's like you dropping in for the Super Bowl and seeing a team go empty backfield shotgun on fourth and one with their season on the line. <laughs> two timeouts. <laughs> two timeouts. Yeah. And they go third and one, they go shotgun two plays in a row. I Listen, know. Rich, I'm with you. I go double tight end and I run the ball behind my best offensive lineman, which might be a task to figure out who that is on Cincinnati. But I would run the ball behind my best offensive lineman with double tight end twice and just get the damn first down. Right. And then Especially figure out with from two there. timeouts. Then put Burrow in shotgun and let him be Burrow, right? I got no problem with that because then you only need 10 more yards and your big dick kicker is going to tie the game because that guy doesn't miss. But that's just how they play now. Like, I didn't even think about that until I saw you put that in our Slack. <laughs> right. Because I don't, I turn my phone, maybe the flag, like the flagship listeners might not know this, but the NFL Intelligentsia mm-hmm. listeners know I go. I drop off the planet when these games are on. I turn my phone off. I turn everything off. So I'm gone. I come back after the game and I, I'm just reading through the messages in our Slack, with, you know, seeing how the game unfolded. And I, I see Rich here and I just laughed out loud because I'm <laughs> like, you just, this is a man who just hasn't, doesn't watch the Yeah, I've just NFL. been uniced. I'm a man from, from a decade ago. It's been uniced <laughs> yeah. and watched football again. I went, what in the world? What has happened to my yeah. game, Joe? What has happened to my game? So Yeah, we, look, I think it's stupid too. Yeah, we, well, just... we, re- we remarked, and, and we'll talk about this, I think, a little bit more. I think next week is going to be our, our, our 10th anniversary special. We'll figure that out uh, when exactly we're going to do it. But it, it, it would line up pretty well with the Observer Awards coming out. But, uh, you know, we'll talk a lot about you know, how the show began and our, sh- the show began, obviously we, we mentioned this before uh, on the mad mania boards, the, 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 the uh, mad video game message board that you and I met on. And like, I remarked that like doing what the Bengals do or what every team does now would get you thrown out of a mad league in 2003. Yes. Like if you went, if you went shotgun fourth and one with two timeouts in the fourth quarter, like the game would end. And then whoever you faced would go to the message board and say, Hey, uh, everybody, I just want to let you know that, uh, you know, Zach yeah. Taylor 69 is out there doing fourth and one with two timeouts doing well, shotgun, yeah. empty backfield shotguns. And that man would be thrown out of the league and somebody else would be running the Bengals next week. They would ask, okay, well we're going to, he, he's been cheesing. So we're, uh, he's out. Uh, does anybody want to run the Bengals now? So it would get you thrown well, Rich, out. Immediately. There's, about, there's about 15 coaches in the league who just don't punt or kick field goals. Yeah. Anymore. They just is is a fourth and one. You go for it. These young guys who follow the analytics and a lot of it is, you know, we're still learning in football. <laughs> we're still learning the analytics. I think a lot of it is probably going to change and, and evolve. But uh, I mean, there's coaches in the league who are just, you know, and, and again, that it just when you were following the NFL, it wasn't like that at all. Like these were just uh, no brainer punter field goal situations. And now it's you remember, remember, Remember when in the NFL, like coaches were ultra super conservative because if they didn't kick on fourth down, they didn't want to hear shit from the media if it if like right. they didn't make it down, right? Now it's the opposite. Like coaches feel pressure to go for now it. Now if they punt, down. it's like, oh you pussy, what are you doing? Yes, <laughs> like, because then all the then all the bots, all the analytic guys and all oh, the Oh, give bots some win probabilities. Models, oh, they lessen their win probability by 15% with that punt. Oh, what dorks. Yeah. And it's never even 15%. It's always oh, it's, like, it's like 0.1%. <laughs> I'm I'm dead serious there. Yeah. It'll be like 1.8% or 2.1%. And they'll rip these coaches for not trying to take advantage of those kind of margins. And it's like, those aren't even good margins. 
You know what I mean? Like they're not even good margins. Like 15% would be a good margin. 1% is not a good margin. But yeah, it's a completely different game than you remember. And I guess that final drive uh, hammered that home for you. But uh, look, it's been 22 years. Got another Super Bowl win. So that's I, uh, uh, that makes me pretty. Uh, God, that's one of those moments that makes me feel really old because, you know, I was, we were at this party and there's not there was a few people that hadn't watched the football in a while or, or, or really watched it all. And they're like, hey, what team do you want to win? And I'm like, uh, I don't really care. I'm like, whatever. I'm like, yeah, the Bengals, they've never won. And the Rams, ah, they won not that long ago. So I guess, the, you know, either team is fine. And then someone said, wasn't it in 1999? I said, yeah, not that. Oh, God. It's one of those moments where you're like, oh, yeah. right. That was 22 yeah. years ago. Right, right, right. Because I'm thinking, ah, yeah, the Rams, they, not, they, it hasn't been that long for the Rams. And no, it, no, it's it's been, there are many, many of the 125 million or whoever watched it uh, were not alive when that uh, when the Rams last won their Super Bowl. Let, let, so. me, let me ask you this, and then we'll do, we'll do actual wrestling. I was thinking about Is there this. A, there's not that much wrestling to talk about, so I think we're fine. Yeah, do, do whatever you're going to do. Oh, uh. Cody did leave AEW, so I guess we should talk about that at some point. But yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, whatever. We'll yeah, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Third hour stuff. Listen. <laughs> so I was thinking about this this week. You know how we always complain that Boston sports fans are big whiny piss babies because they've got <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. a million. Different I'm here titles. for that. Are we are we bashing Boston and, piss babies? I'm in. Let's do it. And, you know they've won a million titles in every sport. Like if you're right. a Boston sports fan under forty, you've no you've known nothing your life except all four of your teams just constantly winning championships or being. In the mix. Yeah, right, 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 right. Because, you know, I, I come from it, like, I don't even know the NHL. I don't even count, like, the Bruins. But the, the Bruins have won a bunch recently, too, right? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, they've won, too. Like, <laughs> they won in 20. So like, I think they won, like, two years ago or last year, right? Like, they won. I think they've won, like, four or five times this decade. Or the last decade, yeah, I they, should say. In the last 15 years or whatever. And then you got Yankee fans and Duke fans. It's like, you know, Yankees haven't won since 2009. But, you know, if you're an adult Yankee fan, you've had plenty of winning. OK, so so my point here is, you know, how we talk about like these spoiled fan bases that they have no right to whine or complain about sports anymore because they've seen plenty of winning. Well, I was thinking about this this week as a Rams fan. Do I have to, like, keep my mouth shut? So let me propose this. to you. <sighs> I think you I've do. seen yeah, I've seen four Super Bowls in the last 22 years. I've won two of them. I've lost two of them, but we've been in four. Okay. Now there was that 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 one decade that there were two decades in there that were brutal, like some of the worst you'll ever see. But four Super Bowls in 22 years. If you're a Rams fan and you are 35 or younger, you 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 vividly remember four Super Bowls and two Super Bowl wins because you were 12 in 1999. You can even push it. Even if you were like like a 30-year-old Rams fan. You know what I mean? So it's like, and if you're like a 55-year-old Rams fan, you remember five Super Bowls because of the 1978 Super Bowl. So my question to you, Rich Krejci, again, as a neutral observer, have I lost all right to complain about my football team for like the next decade? I think you're kind of done for a while. Yeah, because I, I people get that get that way with me where I complain, I'll bitch and moan about the Bulls or whatever, and they're like, yeah. I mean, you lived through the Jordan years. I'm like, I know, but like, <laughs> I want the team to be good now. And they're like, no, you lived through – your team won six titles <laughs> you know, in a decade. And I'm like, yeah. all right, yeah, I guess you're right. That That's fine. Has, so, the, has the clock run up on the Bulls title? Uh, th- I wanted to ask you if that's – if, if I because I would like to think that it has – I mean, we're talking 1998, so you would – I mean, it's right around the same time of the Rams is the last yeah, Bulls one, I would so say it's this. up to you. What do you think? And we have not been back since, Joe, or that you close did, since then. But you saw six. I saw two. 
You I, went six and zero. Oh. I, I don't know if I really count the first three though. I was very young during the first. I, three. I would say this: if you're younger than you are and you're a Bulls fan, they can complain about that. Fair. Okay, that's fair. A Bulls fan younger than you, they haven't seen much. They they haven't seen much winning at all. You are getting close to where you can start complaining again. Is that fair? Yes, that's fair. Yeah, White Sox. I think I'm I'm getting pretty close. Oh five, uh, obviously when they won the title. It's not that long ago. But here's uh, the thing: it's 05 and not much else. Yeah, it's 05 and then 1917. So I think I'm allowed to complain. Yeah, yeah. a team that this year made the playoffs for the first time ever in back-to-back seasons. So, but but I, as an adult, have witnessed. You're done. Football. I think you're done for a little while, man. Yeah, you got to ride this high. Uh, for, so for I a bit. so. And they're in LA, and they're an LA team. And I know you're not an LA guy. Like you're not an yeah. LA sports fan. You're a Rams fan, but it's going to come across a little whiny if you're like, oh man, like, you know, because LA's, oh, well, okay. LA's done pretty LA, well, even though yeah. I, again, I know that you're not an LA fan, but people might yeah. perceive it as, well, if you're a Rams fan, you're also a Dodgers fan and a Lakers fan and yada, yada, all that sort of stuff, you know? Yeah. If you're an LA sports fan, you need to be quiet. You, you, you for Lakers, a very long time, Dodgers, Rams, you've, yeah, come on. You're, you're spoiled. Um, but see, yeah, I think so. So how long do I have to go before I could start? I don't even want to, like, I'm not that kind of fan. You know I'm not that kind of fan anyway. But how long would, a, would an adult Rams fan have to go before they can reasonably complain without someone saying, ah, go fuck yourself. I think you got to get about, I, I would say six to ten years would be my time, I think. At least five. You at least have a five-year window of just like, ah, whatever. You know what I mean? That, that's that's fine. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think you're going to at least have to wait about somewhere. I, I think about ten years is probably safe. Does having the worst record in the league in the 2010s <laughs> help or hurt my argument because they were brutal it does it, it helps it helps it helps and, and it could get that way again it could get that way again very soon so so it's four super bowls but there was two a pile of shit and then two more it's not like we're not the packers where we're in the playoffs every year you know what i mean so i don't know it's a tricky one but i, I listen they can go six and six and eleven i was gonna say six and ten out of habit they can go six and eleven next year the seventeen game thing too, Rich. You don't follow the sport. I know, I know. It, it enrages me. You have the you have the win and loss totals drilled into your head your whole life, and now you have to add the extra game. We go six and eleven next year. I can't say anything. I know that, but I was just wondering if now I'm one of those. Am I a Boston? I'm, am I a Boston? You're not quite fan? to them. No, no. Well, no. You would be if you then start complaining. If they go six and ten, and you're like, ah, or goddamn six and eleven, and you start this going, fucking franchise. Yeah, man. right. Ah, we need some change here. Ah, what's going on? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because that's how they are. They're like, ah, oh, we sack, lost. <laughs> you know? Sack the manager. Right. Like right, the soccer right. fans. Sack the manager. No. Yeah. All right. I was just wondering. I, th- I I think the Rams have reached a point where you you, you, you got to ride a high for a little bit here. Yeah, you got to enjoy gotta, it too. You know what I mean? And that's I think the thing that that's key with uh, uh with sports fandoms is just enjoy it. And we're we're that's how we are. Um, we're not that way with wrestling because all we do is bitch and moan and complain about wrestling. But correct. with sports, we are very much and and I try to be and I I've now that I've gotten older, I've kind of been more of the just appreciate uh the ride type of thing. You know what I mean? Where because. I, I remember when the White Sox won in 05, and then like they didn't make the playoffs in 06 or whatever, and I was just like, oh, my God, ah, ah, you know, just bitching and moaning. They won 90 games and missed the playoffs, and then 07, they were bad, and it was just like, ah, God, you know, and I got all upset about it, and like pretty much immediately thereafter, I was already upset and annoyed and angry or whatever. And you got to enjoy those because they don't come all the time. They, they, they come few and far between, unless you're a Boston fan, then they just come all the goddamn time. But, um, yeah, they're few and far between, so you should just enjoy it. Enjoy the ride hey, for a little hey, bit. Hey, listen, it could be the last one of my life. 
easily. Yeah. yeah. So enjoy it. Don't get, don't get, yeah. Don't you get know, it's, about it. that's the thing. You gotta, you gotta be pragmatic about it. My bar for any of my teams is make the postseason. If you make the postseason, I, 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 that means I had a good time watching all year. Just make the, po- anything after that's gravy. You know, titles are great. Don't get me wrong. You know, um, 1990 for the Reds. Been a long time, Rich. Eef, been a long time. Man. Um, they haven't even sniffed a World Series, right? Like, uh, the last 90, run would have been the, the those Votto years, but even then they weren't like. Uh, 95. They, they weren't on the 90, precipice of making the World Series either, right? 90, 95, they lost the NLCS to the Braves. Um, 94, they were in first place and that got wiped out. I know, and, I know that feeling. <laughs> no, they haven't. They haven't won a playoff series since '95. They haven't <laughs> won a, and they haven't won a playoff game since they were two up on the Giants in 2012 <laughs> and lost the last three. That they haven't won a playoff game. So, uh, yeah, it's been it's been pretty lean from that standpoint. That's you're... why like you're saying when you see one <laughs> you should you really can. enjoy it. Yeah. It's... Yeah, it might be. Look, I, my brother's a Lions fan. Oh god. You know why? Like, well, don't just don't do that though. Just don't be a Lions fan. It can't help it when you're a kid and that's what you take up. <laughs> why did you know? he choose why did he choose the Lions? I know he didn't he wasn't alive during the Barry Sanders years, so why the hell did he choose? Or he wasn't like he wasn't like uh, the age that no, I'm talking no, about yeah, that he wasn't. chose the Lions. I no, get it was... if you were like a kid in 1994 and you're like, "Well, Barry Sanders rules." This is Pre Barry Sanders, why would no, you choose my, the Lions? No, 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 no. My brother was was that was Barry that like he was eight years old when Barry Sanders. Oh, okay. Was, I, I forget so that he's okay. All right, all right, all right. Because he's like brothers. closer. He's closer to me then, right? Yes. Age wise, okay. So he was a kid. Mm, Barry okay. Sanders is his wheelhouse. Like, okay, all right, that's fair. I thought I thought I actually thought he was older than you. So never mind. Oh no, no, I'm I'm the oldest, so he's younger than me, and Barry Sanders is his wheelhouse. Okay, that's exactly fair. That's fair then, because that then okay, I will. I, yeah. I take back why he, he still should not have cho- reminder that Barry Sanders Barry, retired early because the team was so bad. And that's the second like franchise hall of fame level star that retired yeah. early because the franchise was so bad. So maybe not the best pick, but regardless. Yeah. Yeah. He had a very cursed decision. when He was a child. <laughs> not a good one. Yeah. To take up the lions, you know, the very cursed decision. They were bad. But- his head. Like he was cool, but the team was terrible. Like during most of those years. Like why would you choose yeah, that I mean, team? They were, they were like at best a you know wild card round. Right, right, round. right, right. They did make the NFC Championship game in ninety ninety one or ninety two when they lost the Redskins. But other than that, yeah, those Wayne Fonch years, they were basically <laughs> one and done. Scott Mitchell and these about these Lions fans though. They lived vicariously through the Rams on Sunday. I think my brother was happier than I was. They love, love Matthew Stafford. These Lions fans love that guy. I mean, it is just, um, you know, because, you know, I follow Rams Twitter and all that. And there's all these, when they beat the 49ers to to get to the Super Bowl, all these videos of these Lions fans in their <laughs> Stafford jerseys. Let them have it. They need something. They need something, man. Let them have it. My brother may have been happier than me on Sunday. <laughs> When he called, like he, I'm telling you, like he he took up he took up follow. He still roots for the Lions, don't like he's still a Lions fan, but he took up the Rams this year because of Stafford, and and, and he like knows the ends, like he knows the roster better than I do, like he knows the moves. He's into it because these Lions fans just love Matthew Stafford. It's pretty crazy because a lot of times when a guy leaves your team, you're like, well, fuck that guy. I don't want him to have any success, but. 
is like they live vicariously through. Like that's the closest the Lions have gotten to anything. Yeah, let them have in it. In any of these people's lives, they haven't had a title since Bobby Lane in the fifties. <laughs> I mean, geez. Yeah, it's just a pathetic, and they get their ass kicked on Thanksgiving in front of the whole world every year. Every year, uh, <laughs> yeah, just get this it. <laughs> and then the nat- the whole national conversation is we have to get the Lions off of Thanksgiving. Uh, yeah, they're so a you- national embarrassment. They must go. We were ruining a holiday by putting them on. Yeah, so I mean, it's like imagine being a Lions fan or a Browns fan or a Vikings fan. It's like. You have to rel- – like you just said, you have to just enjoy these things. And there's nothing worse than a whiny fucking sports fan who has seen success, Boston. There's nothing worse. <laughs> Not naming names, but Boston. <laughs> the yes. entire region of, of Boston. Yeah, I- I'm with you. Alrighty, so congratulations on the win. Um, I will say this we, – we're not doing an ad read this week, uh, but uh, if you followed our advice, Joe, you won some money because I won some money following our advice – I don't know. If yeah, you what did props those. did you play? That, so that's I played. Fun. I did all halftime prop bets. I was like all in on yeah. the halftime stuff because I don't know anything about the football. So I was like, you know what? What I do know is about Eminem. And when the, the, there was the prop bet about what will Eminem have on his head? Will he ha- will he have a do rag? Which no, he's not going to wear a do rag to the Super Bowl halftime show. Will he have nothing, or will he have a hat or a hoodie? Now that was interesting. They had a hat and a hoodie as the same one because I was thinking, oh man, I can't decide between a hat and a hoodie. And I go over to my bookie, and they have hat or hoodie on there. And I'm like, well, that's easy money. It's going to be one or the other. He had both. So Ching Ching won that one. Uh, the one that you and I were both on, will Snoop Dogg smoke a blunt? There's no way that they would let him smoke a blunt on the air. Uh, I was a little worried when video came out after the game of him very much ripping a blunt immediately before the halftime show. But that did not count. They paid it out, so I got paid on that one as well. I, I think you did too. Uh, and then will someone trip and fall on the stage? I was like, nah, man, they're not gonna, they're not be, they're not gonna be doing that much moving, like to trip around on the stage. So I won that one as well. So, so got all three there. So, I played those same two. I played Snoop Dogg will not smoke a blunt because he would have to go into business for himself because the NFL would never allow that. Like, uh, you know, uh, I also played the will someone trip and fall, and I put no. That was like free money. I mean, no one's gonna trip and fall. You know, I got a little nervous though because Mary J. Blige fell down on purpose as part of the act. Oh, I, I did see. I did kind of wonder. I was looking at that and went, "Oh no, 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 no!" I said that was that's not a trip and fall. That's part of the act. Yeah. That's part of the act. And I was refreshing to make sure they gave me that because I was gonna I was gonna call them out on that one if if they did count that. But uh, yeah, I was uh, lucky. Luckily enough, they did not. That that did count as a yeah part of the show. And uh, TLB talked me into a third one. Will Mary J. Blige show cleavage? Yes. Ooh, so that was a, okay. That was a winner. Yeah, good one. Good one. Yeah, she's like, yeah, she's absolutely going to show cleavage. I was like, all right, let's play it. Yeah, I, did, I, would, I didn't know. I wasn't educated enough on that to to, to play that one, but good, good call by but he'll be there. So, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that, that I didn't I didn't bet on the actual game either. <laughs> I just cleaned uh, up on the halftime show. Played, played the halftime props, <laughs> and then uh, I couldn't believe the hat and hoodie thing. I was like, he's clearly wearing a hat or a hoodie, and they had him combined. I was like, easy money, man. So yeah, yeah, you could find some silly ones. Do rags? Like you have? I'm just going to come out on a do rag. <laughs> In the middle of the halftime show, get out of here! Yeah, yeah, they did put caps on them though. I, they, I don't know about you. They gave me a twenty five dollar max. No, nah, they did for me too because the hat and hoodie thing. I tried to slap like a hundred bucks on that. I was so confident on the hat and hoodie, uh, and yeah, it was it was twenty five max for me as well. Yeah, yeah, but uh, free money's free money. They were too easy. They're just hanging there waiting for you. Some of them were tricky though. You know, we did get inside information in the Discord that they were going to open up. With uh, with next, next episode. episode, yeah, yeah. So I did make a small play on that as well. 
But because uh, who was that guy? Give him credit. The guy in the Discord. Who, I can't remember who he was. Uh, let me see who uh, that was. That... But he knew somebody who saw the rehearsal. And <laughs> yes. he gave us the inside information. I know. I know. It was great. So <laughs> I forgot to do that one. I don't know why I didn't. I guess I didn't trust uh, trust him enough. But uh... yeah. Oh, I don't. I, I don't actually remember who gave it to us. So I apologize. Yeah, I can't remember the guy's handle either. But uh, maybe he's in the if he's in the chat room. Yeah, take, take your take your bow because uh, but, uh, thank you. Because uh, yeah, he 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 said, hey, "Listen, guys, I got the inside info." And then people were giving him shit, like, "Ah, yeah, whatever." Yeah, he had and to then, show some proof that he knew the guy, right? I forget what he did, but he. he and then he produced the evidence. <laughs> he, he did. did. <laughs> it's like they called his bluff, and he said, "Here, motherfuckers, here's my evidence." And he had the whole it. lineup. He had the surprise fifty cent appearance and everything yeah. on there. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, so I, I, I tried desperately to make side bets with people I knew. Uh, that's 50 <laughs> Yeah, it didn't work. it didn't work. But they know that, like, I'm slimy. So they, they – Because out of nowhere, that. you're like, hey, you taking action on the next episode or what? And they're like, what are you yeah, calling yeah, Why yeah. are you calling me about this, Joe? Yeah, I'm just uh, saying, you know, hey, just, just throwing it out there if you want to, you know. I'm, I'm texting my old Jersey cronies. I'm like, hey, I have a feeling 50 Cent. <laughs> I got a real there. good feeling about the next what episode. What kind of odds yeah. will you give me on that? And they're like, nah, no, nah, no, nah, Lanza. You must know something. So yeah, I wasn't able fair. to, uh, you know. So, uh, but yeah, that's, uh, that's the Super Bowl. Hopefully I won't be waiting 22 more years. Hey man, we might get one next year. It's team staying together. So, uh, we'll see, but, uh, I won't come on here complaining though. Like these Boston fans, that's, that's a guarantee. Yeah. You, you got it. You got a window of about 10 years, I think, before you can uh, complain again, but uh, you're, you're allowed to complain about the Reds, but yeah, not, not the Rams for a little while. So, yeah, I think I agree with that. I think you're right. And then you don't have an NBA team, so you're fine. So. Root for the league. Me and Dr. Jack Ramsey could complain about all the threes that have been. I love Dr. Jack Ramsey, man. One of my favorite commentators growing up. Like, that's how I knew I was like a basketball nerd, is because, like, a game that would have Hubie Brown or Dr. Dr. Jack Ramsey, I was like, yeah, baby, let's go. Hubie still does it. He's getting real old. His voice is starting to go. But, man, when, when Hubie's still on there, you still get just great stuff from Hubie Brown. Just an old school basketball dude. And, yeah, that's what Jack Ramsey was, too. I love those guys. Did he die before the three point? He died in 2014, so right. Oh, he was around for it. He was it's just sorta, it. yeah. It hadn't like fully exploded. Like the Warriors hadn't like broken the league quite yet. They were starting though. There was definitely more and more people taking them, uh, but it wasn't the full on like Steph Curry has broken the record by like 400 threes type of year yet. Yeah. So he he he, he saw it happening in front of him, but uh, you know I, I think he was probably he was probably okay with it. You know. Give me another one, George Carl. Then is he? Uh, oh yeah, George is still around. I thought he was dead. No, Sorry, no. George. <laughs> Don't you um, kill George Carl. He's still around. Although, Flip uh, Saunders several, is dead. Uh, several NBA uh, players probably would like George Carl to die. Oh, uh, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah, How about are... Flip Saunders? He's dead. Uh, he, he, is, he is dead, yes. Yeah, but Flip, uh, he, he, he died pretty recently. I think Flip, Flip saw the revolution. Oh, he saw it? He yeah, saw yeah. It. I think he was coaching during it, actually. About Lenny he... Wilkins. He can't be alive. Uh, oh, man. Why am I? I think he's alive. You're, you're, you're making me think if Lenny Wilkins. Uh, no, Lenny Wilkins is alive, right? Yeah. 84 years old. He's still kicking. Well, I can tell you, he wasn't alive that last year on the bench with the, with the Knicks. <laughs> the 2005 <laughs> Knicks it? team. Well, could you blame him? <laughs> I mean, I think he literally fell asleep a couple times, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, it, it, was a, it was a bad time. Yeah. And, uh, well, thankfully, the Knicks have uh, figured it out, Joe, though. That was a long time ago, and the Knicks are uh, on the right path. Oh, wait. No, they're still a disaster. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a dead NBA coach who would have died in, like right before the three-point stuff happened, but for some reason I can't come up with one. Because Paul Westfall would have seen it. That was yeah, like oh yeah, he would have been. Yeah, he would have loved it. 
Give me a good dead NBA coach. Here. Dead uh, NBA, a good dead NBA coach. Like, um, like, like someone who coached in like the nineties and died in like, you know, 99 hmm. or 2005 or something. Uh, I can't think of one. It's harder than it sounds. Right? I get, well, I mean, a Jerry Sloan's a good one, but I think he died. Um, he died not that long ago though. He died last Don year. Nelson. Is Don Nelson. Oh, dead? oh no. Don Nelson is a lot. Joe, have you seen Don Nelson in 2022? No, my man's got a big, he loves marijuana, man. Oh, okay. Loves it. Yes. <laughs> you, uh... You're not talking about Donnie Nelson now, right? No, no, Don. no, no. I'm talking Don. I'm talking old man Don. Yeah. The guy who played for the Celtics. Yes, right? yeah. Don that Nelson. One. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. I didn't know he was alive either. Why do oh, I yeah. think all these guys are dead? I don't know. Yeah. Stan Albeck. I guess he's he died not that long ago. Would he be one you would consider? Think... How about Bill Fitch? Ah, he just died this year. He died a couple ah, uh, a couple months ago, I think. No, Is he died. He, he died this year. He died like a couple weeks ago, I think, Bill Fitch. Maybe like last week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Did you know? Did you know that? Um, I think I think at this point, still, only two NBA MVPs are dead, ever. Yeah, that's crazy, right? Wilt and Kobe. Nuts. And, one and both of them, them died young. Dead. Yeah, both of them died very, very young. Obviously, Kobe much younger than 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 Wilt. But yeah, that's it. Still. Yeah, I mean, Wilt probably would have kicked it by now. Well, maybe not. I mean, he could be a lot. Yeah. Like, how, when was he born? When was Wilt born? He was born. Chamberlain in... would have born. I th- he'd be really. Well, I mean, Bill Russell's still Bill Russell's still kicking, but yeah, it, he. Uh, Wilt led a very different life than Bill Russell, though, so it may have been tougher. He was born nineteen thirty six, so he'd be really pushing it these. Days. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and I mean, he would have definitely succumbed to some. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He died in 1999, but yeah, I don't don't know that he would have made it through uh, another decade of uh, his lifestyle, so. Chuck Daly. Is that our winner? Oh, Chuck Daly. Yeah, that's a good one. Great great call. Great call on Chuck Daly. That's got to be our winner. Yeah, because he died in 2009, yeah, so he would have, and definitely would not have liked it happening in front of him. He'd just been like, what the hell's going on out there? Plus his coaching style on top of it. Yeah, oh, that's what I mean. He'd just be like, get down there. What are you doing? (laughs) Don't take those God damn it. Get down low. Post up, god damn it. Yeah. You're seven foot one. You're Back taking threes. Basket. Yeah, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so we should talk about wrestling, I guess, at some point um, during yes. this show, the Flagship Wrestling Podcast. Uh, let's do it. Yeah, because, uh, Joe, there was a little bit of news. Last week, we had such little stuff to talk about. We were pulling out Do You Remembers and let's talk about halftime heat or whatever. And we said, well, hey, sometimes wrestling isn't really crazy and weird and, and strange. And not every week there's just insane, you know, groundbreaking stories happening. So we're going to have to talk about, you know, random stuff. And that, yeah. Well, this week, uh, wrestling went back to being just crazy and insane and wild and weird and and, and very, very strange. When the news came that Cody Rhodes, one of the founding fathers of AEW, would be leaving uh, the company. Now, the, the timeline of this is very, very strange here. So, Sean Ross Sapp, uh, Fightful.com, first to report that, co- that Cody's contract was lapsing. And this was back first week of January, basically. It's like, hey, January's coming. They, he has still not signed a deal. He's on a handshake uh, you know, agreement, yada, yada, yada. And I think you and I both kind of thought, all right, this is just sort of a lot a lot to do about nothing. This is just Cody wasn't there to sign this contract. He he hadn't crossed the T's or dotted the I's or whatever, but it would be only a matter of time before he was going to sign because it was just unfathomable at that time, a couple weeks ago, that, you know, or a month or so ago, that Cody would be leaving AEW. It just seemed impossible at that time. Just figured it was a formality. Yeah, just, yeah you... and it felt like it was really early in the year. Like, ah, crap, yeah, yeah, I haven't been. You know, he hadn't been at shows for a little well, while. Well, so. he had COVID. He had COVID. Exactly, right. So he wasn't there. It was, it was more of a, okay, 
clerical error type of thing. He hasn't signed, but he'll sign it at some point. We, I, I think we were well in our rights to think that that was just a formality. That was just a matter of time before Cody was going to sign on the dotted line. Well, as time comes, well, well, actually, and, I should, I should correct this. He, we don't know if he had COVID, but he had the family medical. Whatever, right, 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 have, right, right, right. Somebody, somebody had COVID, probably. For sure, it's probably. Uh, so then, yeah, obviously, as, as time went on, it was like, well, he's on a handshake deal. And we're like, all right, what's going on? <laughs> like, this is kind of a weird story. Like, what are we doing? Is this some sort of, third degree, you know, 3D, like, sort of, you know, chess move uh, work thing that's going on? And then this weekend, uh, Dave Meltzer, obviously, of the Wrestling Observer, added fuel to the fire when he said, hey, Cody has still not signed. And it doesn't look like he's going to sign. It was just like, okay, <laughs> this, this is really, really weird. And then I believe it was Tuesday. It came out and it became official that. He's done. He is leaving All Elite Wrestling, and uh, AEW tweeted it out. Tony Khan tweeted it out. Cody tweeted it out. Brandy Co- uh, tweeted it out, and it was it was official then. And then there was still a lot of weird, like, all right, what's going? Is this what are we doing here? Is this some weird work or all this sort of stuff? Very quickly thereafter, it became obvious that this was not a work whatsoever. And I do want to state that as well. If there are, st- if you're listening to this and you still think this is a work or whatever. I can't say with a hundred percent certainty it's not. I would say ninety nine point nine percent sure that it's not a work. And if it was a work, if that 0.1% was true, I think that would be, it would erode so much public trust that I would, I would not do it on any level whatsoever. I mean, we're, we're, we're way, we're way, 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 way too far past that point to go back now and make this thing a work. You know what I mean? Like, I think that would be unfathomable to me that, that, that would happen. I think it would be very ill-advised for like Tony Khan and official company statements to be participating as part of something like this if it were work. Right. Especially like now that like Cody handed off the, you know, the, the community stuff to, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. uh, Brody Lee's uh, wife, uh, Amanda, and Amanda. she's tweeting out, this is not a word. And then if like Cody came back on dynamite, it's like, you know, it comes out with the, the pyro and he goes, I'm back baby. Like it would have eroded so much public trust. Uh, so much trust so. in the company. Yeah. And, and they've done a really good job of doing that so far. They, they, I think they've, and, and the thing is, there's no, you know, someone asked me earlier this week that they were like, uh, I'm trying to think who it was. Oh, it might've been Joel Abraham. He, he said, you know, um, he said, Joe, you're usually a proponent of work me. You know, I, you like to be worked and, 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 and you like why in this case, do you think it, it'd be a bad idea for this, for this particular thing to be a work? Well, I feel like it's a case by case basis. I would just get a really slimy feeling from this one if it turned out to be a work. And I don't think it's a work. I think there's 0% chance it's a work. But if it did come out that this was a work and it's a big angle, it's just I think you just got to go by feel. In this instance, I think it would just feel very like like you're saying there would be sort of a it'd be hard to trust the company again on things. And this has been a company that's been very um, they've used sort of that relationship between the promotion and the fans to their advantage in a lot of ways. Whereas WWE doesn't, they don't have a relationship, that same kind of relationship with their fans. It's AW has fostered that kind of relationship with the fans where I feel like if this turned out to be a work, that would be a, a, a very slimy feeling breach of trust that would be very hard to come back from. And that to me is the difference between this situation and other situations where I have advocated for just work the fans Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and and being worked is fun and being worked is good. 
this just wouldn't be fun. If where's the what's fun about working? Right, against? right, right. If he came out like uh, this week on Dynamite again, like where you know where? Yeah, okay, cool. He comes out and laughs. And like the other problem too is is you're, you're invoking charities in this too. There has been talk about okay, what happens with this American yeah. Heart Association thing? What happens with the AEW heels? What happens with this community outreach stuff? There's that aspect of it, and then you and also forget have the, the fans burning the trust with your own employees. And that's what I was gonna they, say. You also have the locker room tweeting stuff out like. It would either have to be everybody's in the room and they go, all right, guys, we're going to work, you know, everybody. So this doesn't leave here, but go out and tweet, you know, thank you, Cody. Thank you, Cody, or whatever. And, uh, you know, it, it would take such insane coordination. There's no way the whole locker room would be down with it. And there, somebody in the locker room would say, no, this is, we're not doing this. Or you would have to say, Cody knows and Tony knows, but the locker room doesn't know type of thing. And that, and that erodes a ton of trust too. And that's happened in the history of wrestling. Like WCW did that uh, with the Brian Pillman thing. WWF has done it many times over their history as well. It's just not a good idea to work the locker room. You, you, you don't want to lose the trust of those people. The, the fans, there's times and places to work the fans and, and, and do it where it's, it's beneficial and it helps a story or progresses a story or whatever. There is no good reason really to work your own employees or work, the, the you know the locker room or whatever so I don't see a, any reason why they would have done that so I, I I hate that we even had to spend that time on that but it, there are still a few people that are like ah there's a little too much smoke to the fire and I'm like there's there's a lot no there's way too much now for them to go back at this point yeah like, way too much. even even the initial reporting by Sean Ross Sapp I think we both said uh, that we didn't think he was being worked by anybody and and I had no reason to believe that his information wasn't sound now what we did say was. Where I said it for sure. I don't remember what you said, but what I said for sure, and I think you agreed with me, is you absolutely leveraged that. And they did because they ended up popping a rating that week because they advertised a big Cody announcement or something, right? So there's this story out there. Whether they leaked it or not, I don't know. I don't think they leaked it, um, you know, with the benefit of hindsight. But once it got out that Cody didn't have a contract, you absolutely should leverage that for business. And they did. And they did end up popping a rating that week. Um, but, you know, I don't think – I never thought at any point of this there was any kind of work in play at play or anything like that. I just thought, like we said Yeah, le top, leverage, leverage is different than work. You know, and I, I think that's maybe oh, – well, Yeah, yeah. Of course, because if, if you're gift-wrapped a situation like that that people are interested in, then there's no reason not to take advantage of it you know, any way you can to, to drum up interest in, in your television or a match or whatever. Right. Right. And, that, and that's that, you know, that goes to, you know, one of the more famous kind of worked leverage things ever, you know, the Montreal screw job or whatever, where, you know, all that WWF did was leverage that and say, all right, fuck it. Let's do it. Let's, let's lean into this Mr. McMahon thing. Let's lean into Vince McMahon. Let's have, you know, every, mentions to it all the time. And, and, and WCW also tried to kind of leverage it and lean into it and failed miserably at, 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 at doing so. But like, that's another classic example of like leverage versus work. Like, the work yeah. of the if the if the Montreal Screwdriver was a quote unquote work or whatever, it would have eroded so much trust for so many years and all those sort of guys. But it wasn't, and then instead they just kind of leverage it. It, it. it has a different feel to it than than, than a, a straight up work does. Yeah, for sure. And there's been a lot of people this week saying, "Oh, you guys have to take an L this week." I'm not taking an L on nothing. Who really thought that this guy would leave? <laughs> right. I mean, okay. Yes. Were we quote unquote wrong about it? Maybe. Yeah, we were. But like, no, I'm the, I'm taking the side that I had the logical thought on this situation. Yeah, so were all the, so was everyone else in the world. <laughs> right. no nobody, nobody in the universe yeah. would have told you if I, if we had a poll in December of 2021 and said, will Cody Rhodes leave AEW in the next month? 
I mean, who would say yes? If if, one percent would say yes. If we had a poll when people knew he didn't have a contract, it'd be like a hundred percent. Yeah, if we had a poll last week, is Cody leaving AEW to join WWE? Last week, we would have probably had four percent of people say yes, just because they wanted to be different. So no, I'm not taking it. Listen, I am more than happy to be the butt of a joke or to be self-deprecating. I think everybody knows that. They've been listening for 10 years, okay? Not on this one, because I am not taking an L on this, because nobody thought that this guy was leaving three days ago, let alone a month ago, okay? So, no, there will yeah, be no L. You can take your L and shove it up your ass. I'm not taking it. Yeah, that's yeah. no, this one, I'm not taking this L, okay? <laughs> we Everyone and their mother thought this was a mere formality. The guy's got two different TV shows on the Turner Networks. It's still bizarre that he's leaving, because... What happens with the TV? Sh- what happens with like the corporate synergy there with the TV shows yeah. and the cross Dude, promotions? Who knows? What, what happens with the wrestling school with the Nightmare Factory? Yes. People? <laughs> All points well, I have in my notes. I have my notes here that we have to talk about these things because it's it's yeah, wh- the ripple effects are insane here. Insane the ripple effects. Yeah. So it's like. Um, you know, for all of those reasons, it's like, oh, it, they're going to figure out a way to get it done because it just doesn't make sense for him to leave. Now, I don't I'm not trying to stomp on your format. So if you wanted to just take this thing, you know, no, 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 no. It, in a it's, linear way, go ahead, because I'm kind of all over the place. So no, I, it's fine. I, so I, I, I kind of wanted to, you know, go over, you know, what we've heard, what we know, all that sort of stuff. So obviously, like, yeah. you know, that Cody had so not signed. The Wrestling Observer said that he had not signed. AEW comes out and they make the official announcement that he is is leaving that they're out of all elite wrestling. Uh, and then some stuff came little by little. Some other details coming over the next few days. Uh, we uh, tried to get some details as well. We have a little bit that we can talk about here. A little some stuff that we were able to you know, kind of surmise or, or, or figure out. But uh, I think some, some very interesting details came out uh, from Sports Illustrated. SI.com. Uh, Justin Barrasso, I think, had a very, very good uh, – one, one of the best pieces of, of this entire reporting because uh, it was new information. A lot of people were just kind of repeating the same stuff or, or kind of making, you know – uh, judgment calls on a lot of stuff. This was facts. You know what I mean? There, a lot of stuff that you got from Barrasso was like, this is, you know, this is happening because of this and type of thing. So, uh, quote, uh, while Rhodes was never intended to overstay his welcome in the world title picture, one key factor that led to his exit was losing all responsibilities involving booking. That is a role where Tony Khan, who was head of creative, has taken full reign. Originally, Rhodes was part of that process. As great as Dusty Rhodes was as a performer, his contributions as a booker are integral to part of his legacy. Uh, for Rhodes, AEW represented another chance to pay uh, uh, homage to his father as a booker while also further cementing his own legacy. Uh, losing that opportunity in AEW hurt Rhodes more than any loss he suffered in the ring. And I think that's an important last line there. Losing that opportunity to book uh, hurt more than any other loss he suffered in the ring. Because I think there was a lot of people saying like, oh, he doesn't like being booked to do this or he doesn't like being booked to do that. Well, we can talk about that in a little bit because I, I, I think the people that are saying that don't really understand what Cody wanted out of AEW or what he really wanted out of. I think it's pretty clear what he wanted and what he, what, what kind of motivated him. But I thought that last line really hit more than anything. Losing that opportunity to book hurt him more than any loss he suffered in the ring. What did you make of that when, when, when you read that from SI.com? So two things. Number one, you really struggled with homage. You, you almost went homage. I don't know why I did. I know homage. And I, like I read it cause I'm, I'm reading it as I'm, I know the word, but I was like, for some reason I stopped and saw that yeah. H and was like, Oh God, what word is this? You up. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. That tripped you up. Um, Second thing is, this is not news to our listeners. I mean, our listeners know that nobody had any, that, that Tony Khan has been the booker for years. I mean, our listeners know that. So that might be news to people. I think it's definitely news to a lot of people because you would see such just utter bullshit and, 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 and dumb takes like on Twitter and 
even from people paid to do this, like who seem to think that like all of these other people had a hand in the booking. And how many times does Tony Khan have to stand behind a microphone and say, guys, I am the booker. I book the show. I make every decision. I am the booker. The show at the end of 2019 was a disaster. That was my wake up call. We didn't have a show the next week. I had a come to Jesus moment. I am the booker. And yet people still think that all these other people had hands in the yeah, book. It's a committee so, and they're all there. Oh, that's a Bucks. That must have been a Bucks segment there. You could tell that was the Bucks writing yeah. that segment. Or, oh, that was definitely a Cody segment. You could tell. I'm sure those guys obviously had some influence in what they did or whatever. But as we said, since that last show, since 2020 on, everything has been filtered through and ultimately decided by Tony Cotton. If you're a listener to this show, you're a smart wrestling fan and you knew that and this isn't a surprise to you. Yeah, that's not to say that people don't have input on their segments. Of course they of do. Of course they do, yeah. Or their, or their direction or anything else. But Tony Khan is the booker, and he's been the booker for a very long time. Um, and I never got the sense that that was Tony Khan just taking the heat off of everyone else, being a leader. You know what I mean? Because there's, there's that aspect of, well, okay, well, I'm going to be the leader here, and I'm going to take the bullet and just say that I'm the booker to deflect all of the heat. No, he really is the booker. He's the booker, and he has been for a long time now. But I think that that may have been eye-opening for people, that these other EVPs and mm-hmm. these other people don't, are, are, are not – there's no booking committee there. It's Tony Khan. Um, so, uh, look, did, did, did Cody – was he put off by that? Did he, did he want uh, more power creatively? What star wrestler doesn't? I mean, I don't know whether he, he, that, that was or, or was not a factor. Uh, Barrasso says it was. Um, you know, you know, we reached out, we didn't hear anything like that, but you know, we also got very short comments, uh, but it's, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I wouldn't doubt it because once you're a superstar wrestler, I, I think that that comes into play, uh, very often. So, um, it's not surprising to me if it is the case and, and, I could see that being a factor for sure. But, um, you know, I think it from, from other things that I've read, I think it's more so he wanted a certain, look, what do all these things come down to? He wanted a certain amount of money and Tony Khan didn't think he was worth that amount. And, and now here we are. I think it's more so that money can solve a lot of those issues. Right. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You might have issues with, you know, where I've been placed at or my stories or the fact that I've lost creative power, that I've lost this, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But if the check gets, you go, all right, you know, and that's, that's probably what, when all the speculation that people are going to make and all the speculation we're going to make on the show, it probably comes down to the fact that, okay, I have offer A and offer B. Offer A is for more money, but nothing else. And offer B is for less money and a few other things here and there. But like, you know what? Those other things aren't enough for me to want to take you know, X amount of less money. So I'm just going to take the money. Whereas if like, you know, if he was still booking and he felt creatively fulfilled by booking or whatever, assuming that this SI, you know, the Barrasso stuff is correct, that he felt more, you know, oh, I'm involved in creative, all that sort of stuff. I'm involved. You know what? Yeah, I'll take, you know, X amount less because I like that that part of my, I mean, we all do that. Like I do that in my job. There, there are, there are, I could probably get a higher paid job if I really wanted to, but there's aspects of my current job that I like more that I don't want to sacrifice just to get a few extra dollars, you know, uh, on my paycheck where I go, you know what? Yeah. You know, I'm sure I could get, you know, a lot more doing X and I have been offered, you know, other things to do X for, for, or whatever amount of money, but it's like, I don't know. I don't want to give this up, but there's certain things I can do at my job that I like that, that I appreciate. So you may, you weigh that everybody has to weigh that at the end of the day, but you know, if 
those things that I really like at my current job got taken away and I wasn't able to do those. And then, you know, this other company came back and said, Hey, our offer still stands. Well, shit. Yeah, of course I'm going to go do that other offer. It's for more money. You know what I mean? Like if I've lost what, what I loved about job a and job B is giving me more money, then yeah, at the end of the day, of course I'm worrying about my family and paying my bills and all that sort of stuff. It's just, that's just normal human nature. Here's why I don't think it was the straw that broke the camel's back or the deciding factor and why I think it just came down to money because the only place he can possibly go is WWE. There's nowhere else he can go. Um, because I don't, know, actually, control, I don't control your narrative has a, uh, a new TV deal coming though, Joe. So uh, yeah, um, <laughs> Let's see. but I've seen people be like, Oh, he should go and run the NWA or <laughs> yes, that would rule. But yeah, that's come on. Can we, can we get back to reality? <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like at Billy's going to open that bank, you know, first of all, that's a potential legacy destroyer right now. His legacy is he's one of the most instrumental parts of the most successful American wrestling startup since fucking forever. And a legitimate, a promotion that has is, is an unmitigated success that has a legitimate piece, a slice of uh, the market share. And he is, without question, one of the most vital pieces of building that, and is and 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 is responsible for that. Why would he go to the NWA and risk destroying that? Because it's highly unlikely that. I'm not, why am I even wasting time on this? He's not going to the NWA. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> can we stop with this stuff? That I, again, that would still rule. That is my that that is my hope in the back of my mind that he just shows up one day and Billy. Really cut the check and he's yeah, but that's um hey, listen, that's can he go there and work a program with Nick Aldis again? Maybe, but I hear they don't even get along. So <laughs> that's the other first of all, I don't they didn't get they didn't really get along with Cody the first time. So yeah, I don't I don't think that that's a possibility. Well, of coming a back lot of yet. Cody's issues were Lagana. Oh, that's true. That that is true. And Lagana's gone. But I don't think I I'm pretty sure Cody and, and all this weren't even like best buds exactly during that whole thing. But the point here is that's a potential legacy destroyer. Oh, well you, you help get this thing off the ground. Now you go to this place and if it doesn't grow, then you look like a geek. It looks like, Oh, maybe Cody wasn't responsible for AEW. Maybe it was the bucks and Kenny Omega and all these other people. And Cody had very, because look, no, you know, the NWA didn't grow. So no, that's a, that's a terrible move. Yeah. That would be a very bad idea to do that. To, to, yeah. There's only one place he can go. First of all, He's a superstar now. Okay? Is the NWA going to pay him seven figures per year to come to the NWA? No. So that's the other factor here. This is is a guy who's going to get a seven-figure-per-year contract. There's only one place that can give him that. New Japan's not giving him that. They wouldn't give him that anyway. He didn't have that kind of cachet there. There's one place he can get that, and it's WWE. So my long-winded point here is if creative control and being a booker was the primary factor here. Uh, the only place he can go, he's not going to get any of that. Right, <laughs> so right, right. You're I, not getting I, that where you're going anyway. Like, yeah, no, and that, and I think that kind of speaks to what I was saying too, is that I don't know that that's a primary factor. I think it's probably one of many factors that maybe 
And and I guess I'll get, I'll get to this a little bit too because that last line I thought was important where he said more than any loss he suffered in the ring and I saw a lot of people saying like oh yeah well he was sick of you know losing to this guy and losing to that guy and losing to this and do I don't think that that was a problem for Cody I I honestly in, in in conversations we have had literally with Cody conversations we've had with other people that have been involved in in, in AEW people that that he has wrestled and and all that sort of stuff is that Cody I mean that was one of the favorite aspects he had in that company was building up the young guys, building up the young talent. I mean, literally running the training school for God's sakes. Like that is what he wanted, like to do that sort of stuff. And I think the, the, the time when he felt to me, like he enjoyed AEW the most. And he really felt like he was, he was, he, he belonged in that company. really felt like he was, he was liking what he was doing was that TNT run where every single week, a new, you know, random challenger out from nowhere would come and Cody would make him in a week or try to make him in a week, you, you know? And yeah. like, he made so many guys during that time. Ricky Starks is a great example of it. Eddie Kingston, uh, a great example of that. I mean, eventually, you know, Brody Lee became some of that thing as well, even though Brody Lee probably didn't need it as much as other guys, but like the list was huge of, of guys that would come in and Cody would try him out. And he was like the guy that if you, you know, you'd go in there, you'd work with Cody. And then if you guys, had a kick-ass match and it ruled and Cody said yeah let's do it like those guys got signed and they signed multiple guys out of that TNT title thing and, and to me that felt like the thing that he wanted to do the most and and I I don't know that like I'm not saying that they like weren't doing that anymore or that he wasn't fulfilled in that or whatever but it did feel like over the last six or seven months that that wasn't as much of an important factor in AEW and instead they were more worried about Signing Danielson, signing Punk, signing Cole, signing Keith Lee. Sign, you know, I mean, getting guys that were now free, guys that were made men, and getting them into the company. So if, if that is an aspect that you love about the company, that we're dis, we're discovering these diamonds in the rough, we're discovering people from the Indies, we're discovering people that haven't been, you know, on, on, on national TV before, if that's an aspect of the job that you love as well, and that's kind of slowly going away or not being as important, then yeah, that will kind of put another chink in the armor. And I think that's, to me, that's it's, it's not one thing. It's not, what you know, oh, we lost the booking. Oh, we lost this oh he lost that i just think and again this is pure speculation on my behalf that like like i said the stuff that he maybe loved about AEW or loved about being a part of AEW, slowly but surely he stopped loving those aspects and he just went well okay if the money's better here than it is there then why am i staying here i'll just go there and, and that's a totally yeah. justifiable decision i think no i listen i mean i think it's a justifiable the, the decision itself which we're kind of overlooking I think it's justifiable on both sides. If Cody thinks he's worth A, I don't have a problem with that. And if Tony Khan doesn't think he's worth thinks he's worth Y, I don't have a problem with that's that. That's business. Yeah, that's business. That's business. And then you can't come to a deal and you part ways. You know, if Cody feels like I am one of the key people responsible for this company being where it is today and I want my bag. I want to raise. I want X amount of money because I deserve it. Because I found Ricky Starks. I got Eddie Kingston over. I got Darby Allen over. I got MJF over. I got Jade Cargill yeah. over. Okay, you go right down. And none the of those line. are wrong. And, th and that's not false. On, on Cody's end, none of that is false. None of that's false. Cody did more to get more people over in that company than anybody. On top of being, by the way, a money drawing star the whole time. Right, which I don't think he hated. Again, like that's that's a thing. I don't think, you know, at least in the conversations we've had with people, I don't think that's something he despised doing. You, you know, there's a lot of people saying, well, I didn't like having to lose to MJF and losing to the. No, I don't think that that. I, I, oh, I think he loved that shit. He's Dusty's son, for God's sakes. <laughs> Dusty loved okay, nothing more. Than, let's than... pull back the curtain a little. This is a guy who. who came to us with names and said, what do you think of this guy, this guy, and this guy from the Indies? There do you, you go. Think All right, I wasn't sure if we were going to say it, but yes, we had multiple multiple times he would say, what about X, Y, Z? And we would give him our thoughts on X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And I mean, I'll tell you, X and Y, 
uh, appeared in AEW and got signed. So <laughs> some of them are there, you know, and it's like, you know, look, that's no secret. I mean, he 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 told the world on a media call. Oh, that's that true. We he did. Okay. That, All right. You're right. You're right. That, he did, that he did give us credit for Ricky Starks. That, that pitched Ricky Starks to him. But this was not. But he, you know, this is a guy who was come, who would come to us and ask us, "What do you think of this guy? This guy?" And we can't name some of them because some of them never got an opportunity. And at the end of the day, it's Tony Khan's decision who comes in and who doesn't. And we put people over who we know don't even like us because it's never. About, we don't care about that. We put people over and said, "Yeah, we think that person would be great for this thing," and then we know for a fact that these people don't even like us, or at least me. It's it's me that has all the heat. Uh, I think. Uh, one of the guys has heat with me, though. One of the guys uh, that we did they, recommend does not like me at all. So, well, I but it's like, yeah, this idea that Cody didn't want to do jobs or was like, if we're still doing the Cody is selfish thing, just just go yeah, away. stop. You yeah. don't have a go away. Go away. You just how many? You know, I and I, I only named a fraction of the people that he helps put over in that company. So, uh, again, if if he comes to the table with all of that. And, and, oh, by the way, throughout the entire process, throughout his entire time there, massive star, and he was a draw to the end. Mm-hmm. That, that Right down to that last match against Sammy Guevara. And, and behind-the-scenes uh, behind the, behind the stuff, too. You're just talking about the in-ring aspect of it. You know what I mean? And, and that's, you know, this is what I did in the ring. Add in also, I'm doing community stuff. I'm doing, you know, our calls. I'm running our training school. I'm doing that. So, I mean, yeah, I, I totally justified to go to the table and say, hey, look, here's what, all I've done for you over the last two to three years. I want that back, <laughs> you know, totally justified, totally justified. Yeah. And, and, and I think Tony Khan is justified in saying, well, I don't think you're worth that figure. If that's how it went down, that's business. That's yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and, and, and that's just how those things go. But, and, and I don't think that that makes either side wrong without knowing the particulars or knowing the numbers or anything. I, I don't even think any of that matters. You think you're worth that. that, that I, I've been in negotiations with jobs and, you know, I know it's not apples to apples. I think I'm worth X and, and, you know, my boss, you know, thinks I'm worth whatever he thinks I'm worth. And then you negotiate. And sometimes you can't come to a a deal and you part ways and his contract came up and both sides fulfilled their ends of those bargains. Cody stuck around a little longer. To put another guy over. To put another And put Sammy Guevara over. Exactly. To the end, this guy was a draw and he put people over. But, you know, it, it, there's plenty of places where you can hear people, you know, uh, do shtick when it comes to Cody, and that's fine. Uh, here, we're just going to tell you like it is. What he do his whole time there? He put people over, and he drew till the very end. And even people that were critical of the direction of his character in the, in the final months, very often the hottest segments on the show was Cody Rhodes out there, with a wink and a nudge, taking in those booze, the puppet master. Listen, I know some people didn't like it. That's fine. We all like what we like. But very often, the hottest segments on the show. Same for Brandy, to be fair. That Brandy Lambert segment, <laughs> so whatever hot. you want. It was molten you, hot, yeah. You, I don't care if you didn't like it. That's fine. You don't like, you don't like Dan Lambert with misogynistic jokes, or you don't like Brandy doing black scent. More power to you. You're just, I'm not telling you you have to like something, but what I'm telling you is that segment was the hottest segment on the show. It's undeniable. So even Brandy from that, from that, and I couldn't care less about Brandy as a performer, believe me. Okay. But, you know, so it's like from that aspect, 
it's hard to criticize Cody for, for, for not wanting to do jobs. Where's your evidence of this? Because all the evidence points the other way, like the complete opposite direction. You know, Dar Darby from day one, from day one, they put it on Cody's shoulders to get Darby over with that, with those series of matches they had. And Darby kept coming closer. Then they had the draw. Then it was like the fluke went and then he beat him. And then, you know, the same thing, MJF, he's the one that put MJF over. And MJF's the one who ensured that Cody can never challenge for the title. And then the TNT challenges. And, and then Jade Cargill, someone who's not even in his division. You know, it's like, so no, I, I can't take those discussions seriously. No. So that's that. Uh, we did also get some stuff from uh, Wade Keller as well. And this is from his, uh, his, his, his podcast, uh, uh, PW Torch. Uh, he says, so I'll say this. It sounds mean, but nobody has anything nice to say about Brandy Rhodes and her disposition or popularity behind the scenes. And I'm not saying with any personal satisfaction or preference for her to be liked or not liked. I'm just telling you, when I talk to people, Brandy has not been seen as an asset on camera, in ring, or behind the scenes. And so that ended up being baggage with Cody because people like Cody, pretty universally like Cody, even people who say bad things about Cody like Cody, if that makes sense. So Okay, so I talked to, I talked to someone on the roster who responded, who saw the Wade Keller piece. And all this person would say was they basically didn't want to get into it, which I can understand. They really didn't want anything to do with the situation. But the one thing they wanted to say was because they've seen some things going around. And the one thing they didn't like that bothered them was this idea that Cody had his own locker room and, you know, was kind of like a recluse and just, you know, like kind of like had this, uh, this big head and didn't want to be bothered mingling with the rest of the roster and whatnot. And this person stressed to me that yes, Cody had his own locker room, but Cody was 1000% accessible, willing to talk to talent, willing to help anybody. He just dressed away from everybody else. And, but what there, but this idea that he wasn't part of the locker room or part of the locker room culture this wrestler I spoke to was adamant that that was total bullshit and actually wanted me to make sure I came on this show today to say it. Yeah. So okay. I, I, I told the person I would, I said, okay, that's fair. I said, I appreciate it. I will, I will put that out there. And um, as far as the stuff Keller wrote about Brandy Rhodes being disliked and everything, a bunch of wrestlers came to Brandy Rhodes's defense publicly. Almost immediately, almost immediately as well. When that, when this article came or this, uh, this podcast came out, I should and Nyla Rose, Red Velvet, uh, there were a couple more. But that doesn't mean that Brandy wasn't disliked because I'm sure there were people that liked her. <laughs> I'm sure there were people that didn't like her. But it, it, this idea that she was universally disliked, I don't think that's true because a bunch of people publicly – now, the people who don't like her aren't going to publicly say something. Right, right. Those people probably told Wade and the people that did like her tweeted right. it out. So, yeah, there's, there's probably some I'm division. I'm not doubting there. Wade. Yeah. I am 100% certain that Wade Keller spoke to people who told him that they can't stand Brandy Rose. 100% certain. But that's just a, but these kind of things are who, who did you talk to? That's what determines what answers you're going to get. If Wade Keller had called Nyla Rose and Red Velvet and, um, you know, some other people who are friendly, then his reporting would have been, you know what I mean? So it's like, but look, I don't have any doubts that Brandy Rhodes had trouble with people in the locker room. We've been hearing that for a long time. Um, I will say that that Cody is telling people privately that he's very 
hot about that, about that aspect of the Keller report. Is that fair to say? That is that is uh, fair to say. I, th- I think more than anything that the idea that, like, the Brandy Heat was a reason why they told Cody that they didn't want to come to Because I think there's a lot of people connecting those dots and saying that, you know, when they got to the table there, Tony didn't really want to meet him on the money because he wanted to rid himself of Brandy. I'm seeing a lot, and, and I don't think it's that. I think there's no way that she was that much of a heat magnet that that he you know, was going to give equal money, but said, ah, you know what? No, because Brandy's here and I don't, I want her out of here. So you got to go because she's such heat or whatever. Like, I, I don't think it's that aspect. And I think that's sort of what, 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 what Cody and some other people are probably fighting back against is that, yeah, maybe Cody, maybe Brandy wasn't loved. Maybe not everybody loved Brandy, but like the idea that she was the make or break factor of this, that she was one of the most important factors in this. I, I think that that's, that's probably just making assumptions. And I, I don't think that that's, Everything that we've heard was that that was not the reason why this Cody deal did not happen. It, it 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 wasn't a thing where they got to the table and said, "Well, you know what? I don't like Brandy, so you can hit the bricks, pal." Like that 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 wasn't what happened at all. Well, Cody was hot about the Brandy aspect of it. Oh, for sure. Really, none of the rest, honestly. At least you know, in our conversation, it was just the Brandy aspect of it that he mm-hmm. was hot about. So. um you know, that's his wife. I mean, I expect him to be. Yeah, I don't really like it. When people yeah, like, talk a bunch of shit about my wife, I'd probably be like, hey, stop so, talking shit about my wife, man. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. So, so you know, but from, from his standpoint, that's untrue. So it was untrue. But, I, I mean, this isn't the first we've heard that, Co- that Brandy has rubbed uh, some people the wrong way. She's very divisive on the screen, too. Yeah. She's just – there's people like that in life who just are very divisive. I think I'm one of – th- honest to God, I think I'm one of those uh, people. Joe, I, I think, believe you probably are one of those people that some yeah, people like you, Joe, and then some people do not like you, Joe. So, yeah, that's Yeah, uh, there's just some people who have the kind of personality where <laughs> it's like oil and water with certain other kinds of personalities, and it just doesn't work. And, and you know – and and I think she's one of those people. So I can totally see as divisive as she is public facing her being just as divisive behind the scenes. Um, but I, I, I also think that, I mean, that there were, you know, I mean, there's other things too. Like if you look on social media, like her baby shower and things, it's like loaded with talent from the company. Like, you know, these are, so it's, it's, it's clear that it wasn't one of these deals where it's like the entire locker room could, like you just said, where the entire locker room couldn't stand her. And Tony Khan was like, oh, well, we can eliminate this by getting rid of both of them. Mm-hmm, I, I, mm-hmm. Like yeah, I, I don't think it's that. I really That's don't. cutting off your nose to spite your face anyway. <laughs> right, because, right, right. you know, you, this is a money-drawing top star. Um, I, I'm not sure that any significant other could could be that annoying. I mean, it's pro wrestling. And in any work environment, not everybody's going to get along. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. So, okay, so we know that that – we know Cody's done. He, he is leaving AEW. Um, yes. You and I both agree the next step is WWE. It, it seems like the only logical next step. There's nowhere of, else to go. Where else can he go? A lot of people have reported that that is the, 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 the next step. And, again, like, yeah, you're, like you're saying, either he is done with wrestling, you know, which I don't see that as the case, or, or he's he going to WWE. Yeah. Or he resigns with AEW. But the reason I don't – put a very high percentage on that is AEW did their whole goodbye, their public. Goodbye. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They put out the statement. So to me, that reads as right. They didn't this, have to say anything. They could have right. let the news go out and they could have not said anything. And that to me would lead them to believe that they, they still want to go to the table, that that door is still open when they send out that tweet and they say, we wish, you know, whatever. I, I, I don't know the exact wording there. When they send that statement out and say, Cody and Brandy, we thank them for their contributions in AEW and wish them the best, yada, yada, yada. 
That's over. you're done now. You're done. That door has to close now. We know that from sports. Yeah. There's a long time, you know, member of a team and he's a free agent and they have a hard negotiation. They just can't come to terms. Once the team puts out that we thank so-and-so for his 12 years of great play and dedication to the community, it's over. That means that you cannot, that they, they, that one side has accepted one or both sides have accepted. They, they cannot come to an agreement and it's over. Cause like you're saying, there'd be no reason to say anything. If from the AEW point of view, they thought there was still some room to negotiate. So, you know, while there's no reason he can't sign with AEW tomorrow, if everybody has some amazing 180 degree change of heart, um, I don't see that happening at all, which means his only option is W they're the only ones who can pay him. Okay. And I don't want to hear this stuff about him cutting promos on WWE uh, when he's in the ring in AEW or all this and that. It's pro wrestling. And the and I'm sure a lot of what he said was rooted and based in truth because he obviously left there with a lot of animosity and a lot, you know, betting on himself, wanting to prove himself, all of those things. And he did all of that. So I'm not saying the promos were just a complete work. But at the same time, in AEW, the easiest and, and fastest way to get over with an AEW crowd is to bury WWE. And these guys know that. So, uh, you know, th- those crowds eat that up. I eat that stuff up. I love when wrestlers you know, oh, it's promotion the best. Yeah. on each other. It's, it, it's, it it's rules. great. And, also, like, you know, it's pro wrestling. And, and a lot of people have done much, much, much worse things than cut, like, promos or take a sledgehammer to a throne. I mean, people have been in litigation with the company. And then resign with them a couple years later. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And and but this idea that it's like I can't believe he would go back there. Do people forget that Cody, the Bucks, and Omega were like a pen stroke away from going there to begin with? Do people forget that already? Like it was. It was. Do we sign with WWE or do we take a chance on this guy? This crazy guy who texts us this all crazy hours of message the night. Board dork. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, no disrespect. I mean, no, I have no. It's the best thing ever. I'm a message board dork, so I love it. Yeah, are you kidding? This is the best thing ever. We say that with reverence. Yes, as as former message board dorks or current, I guess current message board dorks, it's just a little bit different. But yeah, no, in the best way possible, message board dork. That was the the, like they were about to go there. Okay, so it's not like Cody is completely opposed to going back. He's not opposed at all. He almost went back three or four years ago, whatever it was. So why are people – listen, when I woke up a couple days ago when the story broke, was I surprised that they were parting – that he was parting ways with AEW? Yes, I was stunned for all the reasons we already talked about. Was I surprised at all that the next piece of the story was he's probably going to WWE? Not at all. That part didn't surprise me at all because where else is he going to go? And why wouldn't WWE want him? AEW has been stealing their people for three years. This is their chance to strike back. And this is one of the biggest gets you can, arguably the biggest get you can, like who would be bigger than this? Maybe just the Bucks or Omega, right? At this point? I would say, I mean, for, for, for that fan base, for the American, you know, mainstream wrestling fan base, I would say, yeah, that, that other than, you're not getting 
they're not getting punk. Yeah, I was going to say, other than scooping punk back up, I mean, Cody's the next best guy. I think the Bucks work for the AEW fan base. I don't know that, like, getting the Bucks. I mean, I guess getting the Bucks would. I mean, in terms of WWE scoring a scalp. Yeah, to me, Cody's, like, the biggest scalp that that company could get, other than re-signing CM Punk. And and we'll leave Punk out of this because I think he's a completely different kind of animal. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, so so without leaving Punk out, I think Cody is the biggest scalp you can get. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because the others were like like Moxley was just there. Danielson mm-hmm. was just there. Like like it's Punk. So of course you could see why WWE would want him. And you know because from a perception standpoint, they finally won one, or they're finally stealing one is a better way to put it. After Tony Khan stole Moxley and stole Brian Danielson and stole CM Punk and, you know, who go right down the line. But those are the big ones, obviously. Now they get to fire back. So uh, that aspect of the story, I was surprised he was leaving AEW. I was not surprised that the next move is potentially WWE, which, by the way, has not happened yet. I think that should be noted, too. Um, I, you know, I'm sure he has a list of demands. Because he has that stroke now. He can have demands. I don't know how many he's going to get away with. It's still WWE. And they still don't like to give away too much power. Unless you're Brock Lesnar. Okay? So, but I'm sure that, you know, number one, seven-figure contract. That's a given. Number two, maybe he wants to protect himself with a modicum of creative control or as much as he can get. Say he's not chasing around the twenty four seven belt or whatever. I don't think they would do that. But well, I was going to say one of the most interesting aspects of this too. I think is the WWE end of this is that this now becomes if and when they sign Cody. I'm using if because it feels like a formality at this point. But hell, who knows what's going to happen by this next week <laughs> as well. If and when they sign him, they can't fuck this up. You know what I mean? They have to. This has to be Vince's best work. This has to be Bruce's best work. They have to get. Because, like, the optics of signing Cody and then him just kind of toiling around in the mid-card or doing bullshit or whatever, I mean, that's going to be a shining light to every other... I mean, that is going to be the best news in the world for Tony Khan and AEW. Yes. When they go back to that negotiating table and MJF's contract is up and they go, hey, look, you know what? We had Cody as a top guy. You see what they did with him. If you want to go do that, go ahead, but here's my offer. And, like, you know what I mean? Like... The, all those guys, your MJFs, your, 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 you know, when Jericho comes back down, down the pike and when all these other guys, if AEW wants to resign them, I mean, the best leverage that they can do is put up an image of Stardust, you know what I mean? And go, hey, well, that's what they did with Cody. So you can they, go, yeah, like go knock yourself out, man. They have to, if they sign Cody, they've got to push him to the moon. He's got to be one of the biggest stars in the entire company. That motherfucker got to beat Roman Reigns. Like he has to be mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that echelon. He has to be for all of the reasons you just said. And yeah. Cody knows that. He knows that. So you get the money. You make whatever – you get away with that, whatever demands you need to make. If that means, hey, look, let's finally settle this Dusty Rhodes thing. I want rights to this after I leave. Or I don't know what he wants, but I'm just throwing things out there. The Rhodes trademarks or – um, some level of creative control with some kind of veto power on certain ideas or because he has that kind of leverage now. And you are absolutely right. WWE has to view him as a strategic acquisition and they have to use him strategically. 
Because if they push him poorly, all of these other people are watching. All of them. Your MG, you, you mentioned MJF, but you can go right down the line. Uh, you know, anybody in that company who's never been there. Or even the, the ones that have been there. Yeah, even the ones that have and, and are thinking about going back or, or getting an offer to go back. Kenny Omega has got to keep his eyes on that. MJF, Young Bucks, whoever. Because if they bring Cody in and that Vince McMahon, Kevin Dunn ego takes over, well, he's, he's their guy. We've got to make sure that we look dominant. And yeah, they, they do that WCW shit with him. I mean, forget it. Then why would, you know, and it's going to make people think twice. But if he goes in there and they push him hard and he's working one of the main events of wrestling, I'm just throwing things out there. He's working one night main event of WrestleMania. He's in the main event of SummerSlam. He's working top of the card. He's making top guy money. He's getting pushed. He's, you know, then that's what you want the other stars in AEW to say. Oh, okay. If I go over there, I can, you know, they're going to, they're treating the top stars of this company. Like they're truly top stars if we go if we go there. right right the money's good but I'll also be creatively fulfilled in a lot it's of ways too because case. like we said there, there's always that balance of okay yeah maybe they offer me more money but God I don't really don't want to be a dork I really don't want to be stardust or whatever so you know what I'll take X amount less money because I know that like I'll be more creatively fulfilled here and I'll be more fulfilled in my job or whatever but if they're giving you more money and they're gonna push you like a star then yeah of course then it it it, 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 it you know, you get to that negotiating table and you say, hey, look, I can go there and be a megastar and they're going to pay me this, match this offer right now. And, the, and, and and Tony, if he's smart for some of these guys, would have to do that with some of these guys. I mean, it's so – the leverage game changes so much if they push Cody like a, a, a fucking megastar. And again, like you said, he knows that. He's not an idiot. He's not a dummy. He realizes they can't fuck me up. And there's a lot of people that are like, oh, he's going to be stardust in a few weeks or whatever. And maybe he will. Maybe he will. Maybe WWE is going to fuck up Cody because they're capable in 2022 of fucking everything up. But they like they can't fuck this one. You know what I mean? Like This is one where you just cannot do this because you are destroying your leverage. Moving forward. Now all you have to offer is more money. And now you're going to have to come to the table with just more money, more money, more money, more money. Whereas if you push this guy like a star, you can come to the table with, all right, look, we're going to match their offer and it's WWE and, or, or, hey, we'll go $1 million over whatever, whatever the money is or whatever. Like it, it just, it, you bring so much more to the table. If Cody is pushed as a star, if he's pushed as a geek, the only thing you have is we're WWE and here's money. You know what I mean? Like it's just, and if you're working on top, you make more money. Right, 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 right. So they, they they, they, whether they want to push Cody or not, they have to. They push have Cody. to. They absolutely have to. They, they, they pretty much don't have a choice. If they want to, if they want to be better equipped for the next two, three, four, five years or whatever, probably beyond yeah. Vince's, you know, as long as AEW exists, if they want to be equipped to, to, to do these leverage, you know, deals and sign away their talent and, and take a few more strikes at them, they, they have to, have to, have to have to do this with Cody. I mean, if they have the eye, if they have their eyes on anybody over there thinking that they can be a big star for them, they have to push Cody. Mm-hmm. They have to. And he knows that. This and like is, you said, he knows that. And this is their first test case. This is their first chance to do it. I mean, they haven't really had a jump at all. And the first jump that they get, unless I'm forgetting something, no one has jumped in the opposite direction. No, I mean, there was, yet. who was that dork? That it is a dark dork, and I think he just went in NXT or whatever. Uh, well, no, I mean contracted wrestlers. Yeah, yeah, no. Who who jumped from AEW to WWE? That has not happened yet. It has not. 
Cody is the first one. Who? What kind of odds could you have gotten on that? <laughs> I would have. People ask me all. I mean, on these Q and A's, a thousand times, people yes. have asked. Who's going to be the first guy that's going to leave AEW and join WWE? And I have never one time ever even thought about mentioning Cody's name in there. Ever, yeah. ever once. <laughs> ever yeah. thought of it. It's... So this is the, literally their first test case, and it's a huge one. And the fact of the matter is they should want to push him because he's a big star. And this is, he's going to come in with a ton of hype. And um, and a lot of people are, are going to be curious as to how they use him. Now – this is a separate conversation. Am I confident that they're going to push him hard? I, I'm not. I can't. I, mean, I can't be confident about any. You can't them. be confident about them doing anything intelligent or smart. Right. Even if they think, and that's the that's the other thing too, is I'm saying that when you come to the t- like, they have to think that they are going to push this guy. The problem though is in 2022 with Vince and Bruce and and, and the power structure there, I. Don't know that they know how to push a guy. You know, th- like that's the thing. Ten years ago, fifteen years ago, twenty years ago, if they really truly wanted to get a guy over, they could do it. You know what I mean? They knew how to do it. They just sometimes didn't want to, or they were fucking around, or they had their own little confidence or whatever to do it. I I don't have that. The cream does not rise to the top anymore in that company. It's just it's impossible. Like you look at guys like Big E. There is no way to fuck up a Big E, and they have fucked up a Big E <laughs> multiple yeah. times. I mean, they have fucked up so many guys over the last. So that that. Do I have that confidence? I don't. Like, I think that they, they they might come to the table and say, hey, we have to hit a home run with Cody. We have to do it. I don't know that they can do that anymore, though. And that's the very that, to me, is the more interesting aspect of it. It would be less interesting if I knew that they just, hey, you know what? We know how to push this guy. Let's put the superstar. Let's put the rocket pack on him, and he's going to be a megastar or whatever. They could 20 years ago, they would have done that when they oh. had a guy like this. They would have absolutely done it. His I best have... bet his best bet to come in as a part-timer. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah, to say I'll, I'll work five dates a year, they'll go, oh, God, God damn, great. <laughs> you know? Like, that's who they push. Yeah, because if, if he's on Ravi week, I mean, it, it'll take, what, two months for them to just make him a guy? I mean, And that's, that's the thing. Their, I, sometimes they, like, their idea of a push isn't a push. Right. They, I, I'm totally confident that they think they will be doing the right thing with him, that they will have Bruce and yeah. Vince will sit at that table and say, oh, God damn, Cody, here's what we're going to do for you, pal. And then they think, and they'll leave that room with the idea that Cody is going to be a star. And it's like, what the fuck are you doing? This isn't going to make me a star, man. Like, and he'll, you... he'll, be in, he'll be in some hamster wheel 50-50 feud right, with right, Drew right. McIntyre. And 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 they'll comp- and what, what will happen is any – like he'll lose all they'll destroy his aura mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because within a month or two, Oh, okay. He's just another guy. Right. And then the aura is gone and then no one's interested anymore. That's the smart bet of how it will play out <laughs> unless he comes in as a part-timer because that's what they do with everybody. They don't care about anybody except Roman Reigns. That's the only person they care about. You know, that isn't a, that is a full-timer who else do they care about? That's a full-timer Roman Reigns. Good luck if you're anyone else. That's why nobody feels like a star. So they're being gift-wrapped one, and he's going to come in with an enormous amount of hype. And I'm more curious to see how they fuck it up and how quickly he loses his star aura and, you know, just becomes another upper mid... You know, he'll be Kevin Owens, just another upper mid-carder on the roster that nobody really cares about, right? No disrespect to Kevin Owens. <laughs> right, right. But I don't care about Kevin Owens. Why would I care? <laughs> oh no, yeah. Why? Uh, could you, would, do you think would it would would it be more egregious if like Cody is like this giant megastar and they push the hell out of him and it's just like, you know what I mean? Like, would it be more weird if you're like, wait a minute, you guys do know how to do this? Like, what have you been doing then? Why are you not well, they, doing this? Well, well, look, they know how to do it with Roman Reigns. They know how to do it with Brock Lesnar. Right. 
they just don't know how to do it with anybody. They are not interested in doing it with anybody else. Yeah, I guess that's my curiosity. Are they interested in doing it with Cody? They should be. They should be. For do they know what, how to do it with Cody? It is, if they is, have any, cons- if they care at all about everybody in the AEW locker room watching it play out, they absolutely should treat him the same way and push him the same way. I, I mean, I'm just not confident that they will do that. That's all. I, 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 they might just be happy enough knowing that they they got him. Mm-hmm. They took him away from AEW, and then they'll just not care. And you know how many times historically have we had this conversation? And what and what and what do they do? They find a way to fuck it up. Their their the ego gets in the way. It's just too tempting for Vince. And you know Kevin Dunn's always been a big propo- Kevin Dunn. I think takes a lot of shit from people that he probably shouldn't take. And I think he's kind of like the lightning rod for a lot of fans who really don't know what they're talking about in a lot of ways. Like everything's Kevin Dunn's fault. Now Nick Khan is the new lightning rod. Like there's a lot of things people blame Nick Khan for. (laughs) I do love this. You know what I mean? And I think that's been the, like, don't get me wrong. Kevin Dunn is responsible for a lot of dumb shit. Okay, but I also think there's a lot of things that he gets blamed for that have nothing to do with that. Right, the dumb shit still filters through Vince McMahon who makes the final decision on the dumb shit. Yeah, but Kevin Dunn was always someone in Vince's ear who was like, no, WCW can never get the edge over us. No, ECW can never, you know what I mean? Like Dusty Rhodes, yeah, we signed Dusty Rhodes, we signed Ric Flair. Nah, you know, eventually they did it with Ric Flair, but like, yeah, it was, it was. So whether it's it's Kevin Dunn or someone else, I could totally see a scenario where someone's like, hey, look, Maybe we should pump the brakes on this guy because then the perception is that the other guys are better. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because that's history. Right, right, right. <laughs> and you can never ignore the history right, when it which, comes to the By the company. way, for people that weren't alive at this time or, or not following wrestling at this time, when they bought WCW and, and started this invasion, this was the most unfuckupable story ever. If you weren't around at the time, people were convinced. Like, this is the greatest story in the history of wrestling. This is the biggest layup, the easiest layup in wrestling. It's WCW versus WWF. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it took what? A week and a half? A week? A month? Maybe <laughs> a it tops. Month, maybe. <laughs> they just completely light it on fire, piss on the fire, light it on fire again, and just, ah, fuck it. To the point where when the, when the angle's finally done, it's like Stone Cold Steve Austin and Kurt Angle are the leaders of the Alliance. It's called the Alliance, for God's sake. You know, it's not even WCW versus WWE. I mean, it is in record time they fucked this up. And people might say, oh, well, yeah, 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 it was the talent and all that sort of stuff. At the time, you didn't know about the time order contracts. You didn't know all that. You just said there's no way they're going to fuck this up. They just bought their, the, their competition. Everybody for the last 20 years has been doing NWA versus WWF, WCW versus WWF, and now they're going to present that to you. Look at the buy rates of the first Invasion pay-per-view, if you don't believe me. People yep. bought that pay-per-view thinking, holy shit. We're finally versus ahead. WCW. It's finally happening. I can't wait. I'm going to buy it. And then look at the buy rates for the next pay-per-view after that and then every other pay-per-view thereafter. <laughs> they made they made 1% of the money they could have made. Yes. I'm not even exaggerating. No. They made 1% of the money they could have made. And it was because they couldn't deal with – even though they now own it. <laughs> it's their property. Their property. It's yours. But they couldn't deal with WCW ever being perceived as having the upper hand, even though they now owned it. It's yours. It doesn't matter. So that you can never discount that with the with the way Vince McMahon operates, you know, Rich, would it stun you if his first night in he loses to Roman Reigns? 
Oh God, no! They, no, they build the they build t- t- the match. They it pops a rating. It gets a ton of hype, but he gets pinned in the middle. Just like send a statement or something. Right, right. It, well, they get the it's, moment. They get the wrestling moment of him coming out, and then yeah, then they I. One hundred percent, I could buy Bruce Pritchard, Kevin Dunn, Vince McMahon thinking we can't let AEW an AEW star come into our company and beat our top guy. We're gonna put him in his place, right? We'll build him up and we'll break him down and build him up. You know, yeah, in our in our vision, you know. Yeah, yeah that's. I mean, you. Sh- it's unfathomable because it's such an easy layup, but no, this is totally their mo. Totally their mo. You know, it, that wouldn't shock me at all. No. I mean, I'm not saying that's what's going to happen. I'm saying if it did, it, it wouldn't. Why would that surprise anyone? You know, it, it's not the same scale at all. But AJ Styles comes in in the Royal Rumble, gets an enormous pop, which proves that. Now, look, it's a Royal Rumble crowd, so it's a little more of a hardcore crowd. But it proves that people knew who he was because at the time, the big discussion was, will people even know who AJ Styles is? Right. Oh, he's been in Japan. Nobody will know who he is. So he gets the huge pop at the Royal Rumble. He does great in the Royal Rumble. Chris Jericho works his ass off to help him get over in the Royal Rumble. Remember that? And then the next night on Raw, he loses. Mm-hmm. We talked about it. We I, Go back to the show archives. We I remember us talking about it. It's like, what are you doing? And then we would have people say, oh, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. No, it is. It is. Okay? Because it's like, it, it, it's it's you you can... It's just dumb. It's not a big deal, but it's just fucking stupid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, but we shouldn't. But the point is, they've conditioned us to think it's not a big deal. Right. Is my point. It is a big deal. <laughs> right. It's fucking like dumb. you have lightning in a bottle. Someone who hasn't been sullied by your fucking booking of shit, and you have a chance to like maybe rocket pack someone. Maybe he catches on. Maybe he doesn't. But the way they do things, you never find out. You never even get to find out. So it wouldn't stun me at all. But, see, he's going to enter these negotiations knowing all of it. He knows better than anyone. It's why he left. So he's going to try to negotiate to shield himself from those things. And we'll see if he's able to do it. I, I just, I find it hard to believe they'll handle it properly. And handling it properly is push him to the moon to send a statement to everybody else in that locker room. Think twice before you re-sign with Tony Khan. Because the grass might be greener here. Meaning a bigger pile of money. Because we can pay you more. And we could you and we'll use you as a top guy, you'll make more. That's the statement they need to send. And I am not and it's so easy. And it's not like Cody is someone who it's like you have to like grit your teeth to do it he's a star right right you have to try really hard and make it you know you're you're you lose your audience's trust because they're like this guy stinks this guy's not good why don't you're pushing him just to prove a point you don't have to deal with cody it's it's cody like yeah you just push him and have him win matches it's not that hard it's not even like something that isn't plausible like oh we gotta push this fucking guy no you know this isn't okay if uh i don't know who should we jake hager Maybe not even a, maybe someone. <laughs> give me someone who's never been there before and, and oh, okay. is like a mid card um, person and would be a nice little get. But maybe like Anthony Bowens, that, they sign Anthony Bowens. They sign Anthony Bowens or Joey Janela or something. Or and 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 then it's like, you know, right? If Anthony Bowens beats Roman Reigns, that's trying pretty hard to try to. Then we could have a real conversation about whether they should push him to the moon or not, just to send a message. Right? That's a real conversation. And one where you could say, well, I don't know. That might be pushing it. Cody, though, it's easy. He's, he's Cody. 
And how about Cody? Okay, guy leaves. He quits. He makes his little list. We openly mock him on this show. The world openly mocks him. He says he's going to, you know, and then and then what? six years later or whatever it is, now he's at the negotiating table with them and he has them by the balls. I mean. He bet on himself and won, for sure. I fucking won. He did it. Well, well I'll take it out. We, we can take some L's on that, for sure. I, yeah, well, I mean, everyone. Who thought? We, everyone openly mocked him in yes. his list. Oh, you want to wrestle Shibata. Cody Rhodes. Silly little Cody Rhodes, right? With all his little names on his list. And he goes out and becomes one of the biggest stars. In the world. And now he has them by the balls at the negotiating table. As the biggest chip in this war. And this is going to be a pivotal moment in this mm-hmm. thing. How this all plays out. It's you, you mentioned that, like a pivotal moment in the war or whatever. And I think this is an important time to remind people that this is, this is going to happen a lot of times. This is going to happen. It's going to continue to happen because that's what happens in wrestling wars. And it's fucking awesome. Like, you should, you should want this. There are, there's a whole generation of wrestling fans that aren't used to this stuff. And yeah. the idea of a guy leaving is like, oh, this is the end of this company. This company is never going to survive again. Might as well close up shop. Oh, my God, the culture. Oh, my God. This stuff happens in wrestling wars. It's a business. It's a wrestling business and guys will go to the table and they will take more money and they will leave for one reason or another and that's going to happen and there again there's a whole generation of fans that that never happened because there was just never an opportunity for it to happen yeah tna was never that much of a viable option and most of the guys that would leave and go to tna were just guys that WWE didn't want or you know christian is maybe one of the only guys that really truly left at quote unquote the peak of his powers and went to tna of his own volition a lot of the other guys were yeah whatever you want McFoley, you can take McFoley. You want Booker T, take Booker T. You know, they're guys, they, guys they didn't want anymore. They, they release those guys and then they sign with TNA. Very, I mean, Christian is maybe your only guy that was like a true quote unquote top guy in WWE that bounced and said, screw this. And, and even then, he was like, you know, IC level, joined TNA, and then obviously became world title level and all yeah. that sort of stuff. He and was then, the first one who wanted to go. Right. Who said, you know what, screw, I'm leaving and I'm going to yes. join them. Right. And ended up coming back to WWE as a bigger star than, than he was left which is in fact a great comparison for cody here but like it, that that didn't happen during that era but it happened all the fucking time in the 90s and all the time in the 80s and all the time in the 70s i mean that's just part of the game this is part of the game this is part of the wrestling business and there's a lot of people that aren't used to it because you weren't alive during that time you weren't watching during that time you weren't following during that time but this is part of it it's fun enjoy this this is really cool this stuff is cool because aw will come back the next time with another blow and WWE will come back with another blow and this stuff rules it's, it rules in the sense that, like, there'll be really fun stuff. We're talking about this. There's 89 people listening to this goddamn show right now. 89 people do not usually listen to the show, you know, on a weekly basis live when we're doing this on... on, on live stream, on, yeah. yeah. the live stream. Like, that is, that, this is one of the highest live streams we've ever had, if not the highest live stream we've ever had. Like, everywhere is blowing up. People wanted us to do a show that day because they thought everybody wanted to listen to it. I'm sure we would have gotten 89 people that day too, you know, that would have listened to us if we speculated wildly. We're doing it two days later and there's still 89 people. To, you know what I mean? Like it's, it makes it fun. This stuff is fun as hell and embrace it and enjoy it and love it because this is what makes this wrestling business so much fun. And now like Cody's gone, you know what I mean? Now there's a whole new set of stories for Cody to do in WWE. There's a whole new opening in AEW for someone to move up. And this stuff rules. Stagnation in wrestling stinks. It's garbage. It sucks. I want this. I want chaos. I want guys bouncing back and forth. I want guys moving. And more importantly, if you're a wrestler, this is the best thing in the world. Cody just got a huge raise. I don't know how much he's going to get from WWE, but I'm, I'm sure that man got a raise. I'm sure that man is doing much better than he was 
three, four, five months ago. You know what I mean? Well, the and, money, the, and that's the thing. The money is so much bigger now than it was during the first, uh, during the WCW, WWF, you know, war. The money is, is just, you know, uh, so much bigger than it was then. So um, that, that works into it too. And some guys are going to make jumps and fall on their face. Other people are going to make jumps and it's going to be the best move they ever made in their career. And that goes in both directions. And all of the jumps to this point have been from one side to the other. And now we finally have one uh, in the opposite direction. And it's one of the biggest ones possible because I mean, you know, when you look at AEW and you, and if let's leave Tony Khan out of this because he's obviously number one with a bullet. But when you look at the people responsible for the success of AEW and where they are today, um, there's Cody, there's Chris Jericho. I'd put in in, in that category. Um, I, I I put them ahead of Moxley. I do. I too. Mean, not by much, but I put them ahead of Moxley. Moxley was very, very, very important. You know, he's obviously top five as well. And then I guess you got to throw the Bucks and Omega in there if you're doing a top five. But, uh, you know. Cody in terms of putting people over and, 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 and right from the start, like we talked about with Darby and MJF ensuring, because that's the key. You had to get those people over you. This promotion wouldn't have worked if it was just Cody, the bucks and Omega and wrestling each other over and over. Cause nobody else got over. You had to get Darby over. You had to get MJF over. And Cody was instrumental in that. And well, Cody was a huge star in his own right. Uh, when it all started up. Absolutely, and and in the, the company, I mean, we talk about the startup, and there's been a lot of like retconning of ah, oh, Cody's not that important or whatever. We from day one have oh, said come on. Come on. that Cody is if he's not like I I don't know like people always want to you know do a ranking of who's the most important all that sort of stuff. I think there's a lot of equal parts that that go into this, but I have always put Cody at least you know Tony's as you said one on one. He's if without Tony's money, nothing happens here. So he's one on one. He's in a whole different category. And you, and you know what? To be fair, not even just – I know you didn't mean it this way, so I'm not I'm not coming at you with this. But it's not just his money, his creative vision. Yeah, oh, that too. Yeah, he's not just a money mark. He's not – And he's made, he's made great business decisions and his creative vision, his connections, um, his understanding of the wrestling business. Yeah, he, you know, obviously it doesn't exist without Tony Khan. That's why you have to leave him out of it. You can't even – you know, there's no point – putting him in this conversation but anyway go ahead but but you know I, I put cody and i've always put cody and we and, and go back and listen to the show i mean go look at find the receipts or whatever i've always put cody right there with at least equal to the bucks or slightly slightly under the bucks of why AEW exists and why this whole thing exists i mean you can go back to the ring of honor stuff and how ring of honor's business goes up without cody being the guy that left that company the guy being the guy that left because you had the bucks who had grown kind of on their own you know organically or whatever and you have Kenny Omega, obviously, who grew in Japan and that sort of stuff. And then came, but you have Cody, and that's such a big aspect of Cody leaving that company and saying, "Hey, look, I want a better wrestling product than the one that is being offered to you fans right now." And I've been there, and I can tell you that you know that we can do better. I mean, that that was such an important thing, and people can retcon it and say, "Oh, I was." Go back to 2018. Go back to 2017. It was so important. And when he hit the ground running after that list thing, when everybody was laughing at the list and he hit the ground running and was doing your little indies and was working his ass off and, 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 and checking the list over and over and, and doing Ring of Honor and doing all these different things. I mean, that when he legitimized himself to the indie fans, it was like, a, oh, OK, like this is kind of cool. So you got a guy who's been there who has decided, you know what? No, I want to make a better wrestling world 
for everybody, and he just so happens to be Dusty Rhodes' son or whatever, I mean, that legitimized them in such a different way. And then All In, I mean, he's the most important aspect of All In. I mean, go back to that All In show. Go, go. I was in the crowd there. I can tell you that that Cody Nick Aldis match was the hottest thing on that entire show, and people went absolutely nuts for that match. And and yeah, I think you need him to make it. I mean, I, I think everybody. There's a lot of people that that had to make everything work to make AEW exist or whatever. But I think Cody is just as important as all those other guys. I think the Bucks kind of cultivating their own sort of fan base. But Cody being that guy who who left and came and wanted a better wrestling world for everybody. I mean that. The, I I don't I truly do not believe AEW exists or exists in the in the form it is without Cody's impact. Without his contributions, yeah, yeah it, you know, and and um, there's no doubt. And, and what's funny about this is while I would argue he's top three, if I were to, uh, you know, I'd go Cody in no particular order: Cody, Jericho, and then either Moxley or Omega. I think, but no matter what way you put, you know, Moxley, Omega, Cody, Jericho, and uh, who's the one I'm missing? Um, the Bucks. No matter what order you put the five, I think those are your five. Um, this is what's funny. As instrumental as I believe Cody is to the success of AEW, and that's why I think he slapped a fat number on the table when he sat down with Tony Khan. I don't think they need him. No, I, I think that generation is kind of past him. Yeah, we're we're. And I've seen a lot of people kind of come to that conclusion this week that, okay, maybe we're in a new generation of AEW, and that's fine. And I think that's that's healthy for a company to realize, okay, this guy was essential to our company growing, but now in 2022 and beyond, we're fine, you know. And and that's, and then that's you know, saying what I said at the top, he's still a draw. It's, he drew to the very last match. Um, but the thing about AEW is – the only person on TV every single week prominently in a prominent spot on TV is right now is CM Punk. And that's because they're paying him what I can only assume is an exorbitant amount of money above and beyond everybody else in the roster, which may have been Cody's point of contention. He may have. Oh, I'm sure it was. Oh, I'm positive that the Danielson and Punk contracts came up and he said, all right, look, these guys, you know, I helped you build this thing. You know, these guys, you just got off the, yeah. I, I need more than those guys. You know, what, what's Punk getting paid? I want a dollar more. You know, I'm not saying. And again, I don't literally even he did that. But no, he should say that. Hey, look, I, CM Punk's not doing conference calls. CM Punk's not doing community outreach. CM Punk's not, you know, you know, doing this or doing that. CM Punk's not running your training school. I'm doing all that CM sort of Punk stuff. CM Punk wasn't here from day one getting people over. Exactly. CM Punk so, didn't draw any money for you uh, the first three years of the company. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I don't blame him. And I don't blame Tony Khan for Absolutely saying. Absolutely not. No, no, no. Too rich it, for my blood because, well. I don't think anything's too rich for the cons of blood, but um, they have the money, but he is running a business. That's the thing. Like it's, it's, you know, this isn't like, like you said, this isn't a money mark situation where I believe that rich budget. people are, uh, are tend to be a little careful with their money and that's how they're rich and they're not me and you. So, like, you know, Chris Harrington's there for a reason. They have a <laughs> right, right, right. Okay. So, and I don't blame Tony Khan for saying, you know, well, this is where we part ways. Again, I don't blame either one of them, but I don't think they need Cody. I don't think they need Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega hasn't been on TV for months. And they just had their best ratings run until this week without Kenny Omega. That doesn't mean that these people aren't vital and important and, and, and could still be vital and important moving forward. But AEW, I think, CM Punk's the only guy on TV every week in a prominent role because of the money he's making. You want to get that return on your investment. It's fucking CM Punk it, gone for seven years and everything. I, look, I get it. Ryan Danielson's not on TV every week. Cody wasn't on TV every week. Omega wasn't on TV every week. The Bucks aren't on TV and wrestling every week. 
Um, you know, so AEW doesn't put everyone on TV. Every they give people John Moxley went away for his personal issues. Company didn't fall apart and go down and and uh, and go down. They're not overly reliant on any of these people. They're not. Punk wasn't there for the first three years. And they and they established themselves as the real deal without CM Punk. And again, I'm not downplaying the importance of any of these people. But I think what, what AEW has shown is that they're not reliant on any single one of them. Mm-hmm. So that's why I could totally understand why Tony Khan would sit down at that negotiation table and say, you know what, I, 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 I'm going to have to let you walk. If he felt that the money was too much or the demands were too much or, or whatever the reasons were, because I think they'll be fine without Cody. It doesn't mean you don't take Cody if you can get him. But I, I don't think, you know, cause I have seen some takes, Oh, this is a vital cog and, and you know, they're in trouble now. No, they're not. I, I think you can remove anyone from that scenario. Mm-hmm. I really do. Yeah. And it's about having confidence in the roster that you have and having confidence in what you can build with, without that guy as well. I mean, it, it, it you know, Famously, you know, WWF telling Bret Hart, you know, we can't afford your contract anymore. And yeah, you're our champion and our top star. But, you know, if WWE wants to pay you, go go there. You know, go do that. And giving them giving him that opportunity. Obviously, things didn't <laughs> end up, you know, great in the end. But the idea was, hey, you know what? We can't afford you anymore. If they can afford you, go ahead, go. You know, and the idea of we can lose Bret Hart, well, that's fine. We got, we, got, we got Shawn Michaels. We got Steve Austin. We got Mick Foley. We got, we got guys ready to go. And, you know, we can't afford his contract anymore. So if he wants to go, he can go. And, and that's... That's ultimate confidence. I mean, that, that in, in a lot of ways, and that's I definitely what I think is happening with, with, with Tony and AEW. Less so to the extent of we can't afford you, but more of the extent of we could afford you, but I don't think that we need to be spending this amount of money on you. I think we can use these resources in other ways. And if this offer is available to you and they're going to sign you for this offer, I can't stop you from taking it, and, and, and I think you should probably go take it. And it seems... It seems relatively amicable right now. I mean, obviously, that, that we'll see in years and, and the weeks and the years and the months and whatever that follows. But, like, for right now, everyone's kind of saying the right things, that it was essentially just they got to the table, they couldn't agree to a deal. Well, I, I will say this, just to play devil's advocate. Um, Tony Khan said all the right things about Big Swole until he felt like she stabbed him in the back. Right. I'm not taking a side on that, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it's very clear that Tony Khan felt that Swole did him wrong when he felt that they kind of had a handshake agreement to part ways publicly in an amicable way. And then he felt that she betrayed him again. I'm not taking any sides on that. I did audio on that a month ago. You can go listen to it behind the paywall. If you want my fleshed out thoughts on that. But my point here is if, uh, you know, you know, Tony, you never know what, what they're really thinking. And, uh, Cody had nothing but glowing and tremendous things to say about AEW to us. Nothing but, you know, all the stuff you're seeing. Well, he, he tweeted out a little bit earlier. It, like someone was like, uh, you know, I think someone replied to, I forget who, what the article was from, but they said, oh, I'm not going to watch AEW anymore now that Cody's not there. And he quote tweeted and said, no, still watch them. I still love yes. what I built and I helped build or whatever. You should still watch them. Wrestling is great. You know, yada, yada. I, I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but essentially without, you know, needing to do it said, no, 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 no. Make sure you still watch. Don't stop watching them on my account. You should still watch them because wrestling is great, or so you know, essentially. Yeah, 
But I mean, uh, we're you know, one we're one sh- work shoot promo away from all that shit blowing up. You know what I mean? We're one. Of course, you know, of course. we're one. You know, I was down there, and they, you know, this the cons. You know, they're a con man or whatever. You know what I mean? We're, we're one front one of those promos away. Not saying that that's gonna happen, but yeah, that that's you know what I mean. Like that's it's fucking pro wrestling, man. I don't know. Yeah. Cody's not Tony, gonna, Cody's leaving Tony AEW. Khan, <laughs> right. Tony Khan. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, no. Yeah, and we're one you know, Cody Rhodes beating up Robert Stone away from like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. It's yeah. wrestling, man. I don't know. It's fucking Cody Rhodes is leaving AEW. I mean, Jesus, it's wrestling. You never know what's next. So the point here is everything publicly and privately so far has been nothing but um amicable and still I still love those guys we still love that guy so you know but again that could change on a dime um you know like it did with the swole thing you know I you know it, it's it's uh Tony Khan would have never said uh I I, I cut swole because <laughs> she stinks if he didn't feel like that she betrayed him in yeah. some way you know whether he was right or wrong about feeling that he was betrayed right. the, claw, the claws that, came out yeah he, he was he was, out, he was right. nice and then the claws it's, came out and he said all right now I'm scratching it now so yeah, right. So, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, th- th- who knows if the same, you know, sort of dynamic would hold here. Um, this is obviously not a low level preliminary wrestler. This is a, not only a, a tippy top star, but also an executive. And that's another side of this that I don't think enough people have examined, but that's why we're here to do nearly the whole show on this. It's, what are we almost two hours in here? Two hours um, in, yeah. We spent about fifteen minutes talking, uh, <laughs> talking Rams or whatever. But yeah, you want to talk about the executive side because we haven't even touched that yet. The well, how much about- sensitive information does he know? <sighs> he know he does. There's, there's what- got to be an NDA. I have got to imagine there's an NDA that has to be signed. Yeah, but, but I mean, but geez, okay. How many does he know salaries? Now, listen, I don't know the answers to any of these questions, but does he know salaries? Does he know contract lengths? Uh, not just with wrestlers, but with business partners, with uh, with broadcast partners, with sponsors. Um, how mu- What does he know? How much does he know? And would he be willing to share trade secrets if things get ugly? Are these fair questions or not? Are we on the air? The chat room is going to have to help me out. I cannot hear Rich. Uh, I have no idea if the, ch- if the chat room tells me they can hear me. I will fill the air while Rich does whatever it is he's doing. But I'm going to need a little help here. Uh, I don't want to keep talking if nobody can hear me. So I'm patiently waiting for the chat room to uh, let me know. Okay, so the chat room can hear me. So I think that's uh, another fair question. How much does Cody know? Uh, oh, I could hear Rich mulling around in the background of his house here. He probably had to take a leak. How much does Cody know uh, about uh, the insider trade secrets of the company? Um, and how much of that is he willing to share with his new employers? So um, Sorry, I'm, I'm, back. Back. Sorry I'm back. Sorry, I'm back. I'm back. All right, I'm back. so – Basically, what I said was, how much does he know? And, and you know, I don't think that he's looking to stab Tony Khan in the back and share private business information. No, with no, employers. no. But what if the claws do come out and Tony does say something he doesn't like? What does Tony – What does? how much does Cody know? How You know, business dealings with sponsors, with, with networks. With I mean, there's – Lengths no... of contracts. How much does he know? 
I would say, I mean, it's pretty clear that the no, no, Sharon, I, I like this one. Someone said that I joined Wrestling Inc. That I was just, I'm so sick of you, Joe. I'm out. Yes. I'm trying to Wrestling Inc. So that, uh, that's, we'll make that announcement at the end of the show that, that I, I, I'm leaving. But, uh, will you no. have any, uh, will you have any on air chemistry with Nick Houseman? <laughs> I, no, because I've met the guy seven times and he never remembers me. So no, probably not. <laughs> Every time, hey Nick, I'm like, oh Jesus, I met you. Like, we sat in the same, we we sat next to each other at all in. I was next to you the whole time. Sticks to hand out. Hi, I'm Nick. Yeah, it's, it's like, oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> Hi, I'm Rich. Yeah, it's, I, I do it every time. But no, um, no, I mean, like, even even if Cody doesn't want to necessarily, like, even if he doesn't do it inherently, like, oh, you know, hey guys, here's the dirt and here's this sort of stuff, like. There's no way that WWE doesn't leverage that in some way. You know, I mean, there's no way that they don't say, hey, Cody, you know, like, I'm not saying it needs to be they sit him in a room and go, okay, what was the TV deal that TNT signed with, with, with AEW or whatever? But, like, that stuff just might come out. There might just be an organic thing where that, that conversation happens. Or, like you said, if something happens and Tony says, you know what, I fired you because Brandy sucks and da-da-da-da-da or whatever, and Cody could say, all right, here's, the, here's what the TV deal was, here's this sponsor thing, here's this. Because I, I have no doubt in my mind. I have zero doubt in my mind that if you asked – that Cody Rhodes knows what that TNT deal was or what they were getting paid for TNT or at least a rough estimate of what they were going to get paid well, for TNT. I don't, know if, a- I, I don't know if zero doubt. I don't know if he knows this. Th- I, I honestly don't know whether he, how much he knows or, or what he does know. You think he knows that stuff? I think he probably has a rough idea. I don't know if he knows the exact figure, but I think he probably knows. I mean, I, I, would, I would tend to think that he is probably in the know enough to know some of those things, to know – at least some of the dealings, at least the the contacts that they had at Turner, the the numbers that were roughly discussed. I mean, this guy was a quote unquote executive vice president or whatever. I mean, I or would... or other networks they negotiated with, right? Like, or... I think there's enough stuff there. Maybe he doesn't know. Okay, well, we have this, and this is when it expires, and this was the exact dollar figure. But I think he could probably give you a ballpark and say, hey, we talked to this company, this company, this company, and here's the five guys we talked to at all these companies or whatever. Like. I, I have no doubt about that or sponsor stuff or hell. This guy was working in Turner. Like he was a Turner property, you know, more so than AEW. He was doing two different shows. He still on Turner. works for yeah. Turner. Yeah. Right. That's what I mean. Like there there's, I mean, from a television negotiation standpoint, I mean, this is a, this is a scalp in that sense too, where, where this is a guy that Turner, obviously the, the network themselves, the bigger network, it liked what they saw in Cody and, and thought enough to give him two additional television shows on their network. So yeah, when they're going into negotiations again, they have that guy. That's another bolt in their chamber for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so there's there's all kinds of layers to this. And then the training school, the Nightmare Factory. And was I am, I do factory? not understand that whatsoever, Joe. Can you explain that? Because there are people that are like, oh, he's still going to – you can't still run the school. <laughs> like, you can't do well, that. Well, no, right? it's not AEW school. It's, it's I know, but, like, you can't – like, I, AEW, that can't be AEW's only pipeline then anymore. That has to stop. Like they have to right now, right, right now, be thinking. Okay, what is our other pipeline? What is our other school? You're, you're right. I don't know if it's their only pipeline, but it is their most prominent one. Yes, for sure. There are other, you know, the Matt Seidel school. There's some other play, but that is their most prominent pipeline for sure. It's not their quote unquote developmental territory, but it's the the most prominent one that they've dealt with. Well, can Cody, um, you know head up training somewhere and I mean, obviously, and be impartial in terms of where that talent ends up. I mean, obviously when he was with AEW, all of those kids are going to work dark and they're all going to work dark elevation because he's going to funnel them there. Right. Sure. But can he still do that and 
fun. I know it's awkward, but can he still? And, and you know, QT's in the mix too, and he still <laughs> works there. So I mean, you know, who's who's to say QT can't still? pump kids out and funnel them to AEW. I, I think you still can. I mean, I, I know I, I locally, you know, Seth Rollins runs, a, you know, quote unquote runs a school or whatever. Yeah. And, and half yeah. the guys, you know, a lot of the guys don't go to WWE. Some guys do work indies here and there. And I'm trying to think of any of them are in AEW right now that have come out of his school. I don't, don't think so, but I, I could probably, you know, rack my brain a little bit and think if anybody did or whatever. But like, I don't think inherently like if, Somebody from the Black and Brave got a contract, like you know that that they would say, no, you can't do that, you can't sign with AEW. They'd probably say, well, fuck yeah, go ahead, man. This is you know this is why you paid me so you get signed for a wrestling company. Go ahead, yeah, go for it. Yeah, Booker T School is another good example. I mean, his... oh, they send yeah, they send people all over the place. And he definitely tries to funnel them to WWE, but um, they 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 end up everywhere. I mean, so I don't know. Yeah, I agree, it's awkward though, and you have a bunch of people whose on-screen gimmicks is that they're Nightmare Factory students. That has to stop, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Lee Johnson and Brock Anderson, you know, they were all protégés on-screen of Arn Anderson and Cody. So, you know, that you know that's on-air stuff, and that, you know, obviously isn't the important thing here. But they're little things, and, and it is interesting how the awkwardness now of the, of the school and everything plays into this as well. It is interesting, um, and and, and it, you know because you have QT and Cody, and they presumably will be working for the opposite companies, yet running the school. It's it's all it's all very convoluted, and we'll have to see how it all shakes out. Um, should we do a little bit on Brandy here, or I mean, she yeah, she yes. wants to keep wrestling. Um, it doesn't seem like, at least as of this show, that WWE is interested. Um, I don't know. I guess we'll see how badly she wants to do. Which, does she want to keep wrestling bad enough to, uh, you know, head to the NWA and get in there with Camille? That's what I mean, yeah. Or, Be on the next know. Warrior Wrestling show facing Thunder Rosa. I mean. Or Impact Wrestling, yeah. which I'm sure would take her. Oh yeah, Any, uh, anybody would take. Yeah, if if she well, wants WWE to continue wrestling, her, so. yeah. Oh, I just meant everybody besides. I was gonna say everybody, but obviously AEW and WWE doesn't want her. But yeah, if she really wants to continue wrestling. There's more than enough outlets to do that. But yeah, it's that was a very weird aspect of this whole thing is that Brandy not at this time being signed by WWE, but still wants to be a part of the you know the quote unquote wrestling business in a wrestling capacity, which is just strange uh, thing I, I don't know yeah I don't know what to make of her and, and it, it's another factor as well I mean this this the Turner stuff is just it blows my mind because like I would I and this is again why you, if you asked me two weeks ago I would have said no there's no way even if Cody is annoyed and pissed off at AEW and hates the other EVPs and hates Tony and everybody hates Brandy like I don't know what they're getting paid for Rose to the top of the go big show but I'm thinking man I'm kind of I'm kind of stuck here right like I can't let these things go i can't let these properties go but i guess they are or they're not or i don't know you know what i mean that's like, the, you know that, i don't that's, know that's why i thought he would he wouldn't leave because i figured turner might even get involved or... and say cody man we I, I know you don't like him but you know we we you, you sign this or you sign that or even or pressure con to say look we have all these corporate... right yeah pay the guy the money we I have am... two shows we have a whole season or whatever we're, we're not yeah we're not putting it you know or we got stuff in the can maybe, here or maybe chip in i mean i don't know um if i'm con i say all right chip in I'm going to keep him around so bad. You pay 40% of his salary. Yeah, that, that's, but, TNA did that in the back in the day with a lot of those big contracts, remember? 
Yeah. So, I mean, but it's going to be weird if Cody Rhodes is, you know, headlining SummerSlam against Roman Reigns and during the picture in picture commercials, you've got go big show (laughs) with WWE superstar Cody Rhodes. Yeah. But to be fair, you have John Cena doing it. You have that situation with John Cena right now. Yeah. Yeah. True. So, you know, but it's just going to be weirder because he was such a, a big star there and, and one of the building blocks and all of those things. Um, which makes it a little different, but yeah, just it's int- look. Here's the thing: like you said before, it's fun. It's oh, it fun. This stuff's incredible. We just spent two hours just yeah. blindly speculating about why this guy left, what he's going to do next, what WWE's going to do, how WWE's going to book him, how AEW's going to respond. This stuff fucking rocks. This rules. This is so much better than us discussing boring, you know, New Japan. You know, or like this is great. This stuff rules. This is I'm incredible. just glad we, that we never have to listen to or discuss whether Cody is trying to be a heel on purpose or not. Ever. <laughs> it's over. It's, it's over. The most boring, dumb conversation of all time. I just it, and, and people would would just you know uh, argue about that shit for days. Um, it, it's it's good. From that aspect of you remove this incredibly divisive individual from the discourse, right? So he kind of gets a fresh. Oh, discourse! Reset. Discourse is going to improve tenfold here with, with with Cody and Brandy gone, both of them, honestly. Oh yeah! Oh God, Brandy too. Yeah, I mean, people just lose their minds. It made, Brandy... me, it made me do that rant a couple weeks ago when when we had just incredible yeah. matches and people were like, "Ah, that Brandy stuff." Like, Shut the fuck up about Brandy. I don't yeah. care. It yeah. was ten minutes. It was two hours ago. I don't fucking care anymore. We're just watching. We just got done watching CM Punk versus MJF in front of a raucous crowd, and people are like, "Ah, that Brandy segment really rubbed me the wrong way." Shut up. I don't know Stop. if I. I <laughs> I don't know if I hate anything as much as people hate Brandy Rose. I know. It's, I, I don't care. get it. Like, jeez. Oh, it's, it's, it's when crazy. She, once she's off the screen, I don't care. The Nightmare Collective stuff we buried. I thought it was terrible. Oh, so bad. But then oh, when she was awful. off the screen, it did. The problem was that nothing, a lot of other stuff in AEW wasn't that good then. So it was like a glaring thing. When she had the promo with Lambert, which, again, like, I'm kind of more on your end than you I did, everybody you else. Did, you didn't like it. I liked it. That's fine. I, like even I didn't like. I didn't fucking care about it because I was watching CM Punk. That's and a MJF good point. Like have a forty-five minute match. Like it was incredible. Like, you just don't. You just didn't care about. No. it. You, you're like totally indifferent on it. You, it's like you God. didn't even have this hatred of it. I see what you're saying. She comes yeah. onto the screen and it's like, up oh, there's three weeks of discourse about Brandy. Who cares? Yeah, people lose their minds over Brandy Rose. It's crazy. <laughs> And I mean, look, I, I, and here's the thing. Like, sometimes I truly do get it. Like, I, I'm like, okay, she doesn't rub me the wrong way the way she rubs other people. But I understand why she's rubbing people the wrong way. You know, it's like one of those scenarios. But then there's other times where I'm like, okay, you guys are just complaining to complain. It, it's like she's not uh, – this isn't Satan in its purest form on the screen. I mean, a lot of the times – she actively added to things. I know people are screaming at their devices right now because some people just, but I think at times she truly added to things. There were other times where she was atrocious. Nightmare Collective was like the worst thing, one of the worst things the company ever did. Uh, and then there were other times where, like you, I was completely indifferent on her. But for some people, it was just, it, it, they just lose their fucking minds. So yeah, I, you know, that aspect too, with her removed, you don't have to listen to that anymore either. So I, I guess that's that's a that's a weird net positive, <laughs> right? The discourse, standpoint. yeah, the discourse yeah. has improved immensely over the last. I mean, people have to find a new 
person to dislike or new people that they say are ruining the company or whatever. But uh, yeah. At, at well, least. we'll always have Dan Lambert because he's not going in. <laughs> That's so. true. That's true. He, yeah. he, people lose their minds over Dan Lambert too. Even though yeah. So everybody, I, I think everybody likes Paige, right? But everybody hates Dan Lambert. Well, you know, he he because he calls um, people nerds and they. Get I don't want to even get it. into yeah, it. Yeah. I. I I don't want to get in the way. That's fine. That's fine. Like people get worked into a shoot with Dan Lambert. And honestly, I it's to me, it's delicious. I fucking love it. I love the Dan Lambert complaints (laughs) and how stupid people are. I just, I, I get a kick out of it, but um, you know, I, I guess he'll be, he's, he's the last remaining one left. I think where people are just like, you know, they lose their mind, but, but in his case, see Brandy. Okay. So what? Okay. See with Brandy. I think whether she's trying to get under people's skin or not, people just fucking can't stand her. Lambert, it's by design, dummies. You get worked. He wants you to react the way you're reacting, and you all play right into his hands. That's why he gets the loudest reaction in every building he's in. Okay? That's what he's trying to do. That's the difference. But that's all I want to say. I don't want to go uh, too far down the Lambert road. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's going to get myself in trouble. So I'm (laughs) I'm not going to go down the Lambert road. Uh, But anyway. so uh, that's the brandy piece of it. Um, I don't know what else is there left to say. I we think that's it. Yeah, I mean, I guess now it's all about the next step. What happens next? And and I guess we'll find out. We'll see. Um, I'm fascinated either way. You know, whatever whatever that next step is. And uh, I I you know, like we said, it it's it's something that WWE cannot fuck up. That they shouldn't fuck up. That they need to not fuck up. That they probably will fuck up. But that'll be. That'll be fascinating to see over the next couple of years. And um, I don't know. It's awesome. This, this stuff, this, get used to that. I'll, that, that I think I'll, I'll conclude with get used to this. This will happen more times. And it's just, it's a part of a wrestling war. It's a part of, of the wrestling business. It's a healthy part of the wrestling business as well. This is when wrestling is healthy. When, when wrestling is not healthy, it's when it's stagnant. And Dolph Ziggler is entering his 15th Royal Rumble or whatever the fuck. That's when the business stinks. That's when the business sucks. This is when the business is awesome. When guys are moving back and forth, making big money, jumping between two. Everybody needs to bring their A game. Everybody needs to bring their best booking. Everybody needs to do their best stuff. That That is when wrestling rules. Uh, so I'm all in on it. I love it. Uh, it's just going to only increase my enjoyment of this dumb, 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 weird business. But um, let's get to some other stuff here. Uh, before we do that, I do want to let you know that support for the flagship podcast is brought to you by... Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped, they offer precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They recently launched the uh, launched the ultimate men's hygiene bundle, the Performance Package. Going over four million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you: twenty percent off plus free worldwide shipping. Worldwide shipping with the code Flagship Twenty at Manscaped.com. Again, if my math is correct, four million men. Two. Eight million balls that have been improved by Manscaped. And the Performance Package 4.0 has arrived, and it is a game changer. In that package, you get the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the Weird Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, which I love. Just used it a few minutes ago before the show started. Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs, and a travel bag to hold all of those goodies. It's incredible stuff here. Uh, again, as I mentioned, that, that Weed Whacker, uh, it's waterproof. All that stuff is waterproof. You can do it in the shower. You can do it wherever you need to go. The boxer briefs, solid boxer briefs, the ball deodorant, the crop reviver, all that stuff you're going to get in that performance package 4.0. Incredible stuff here. 20% off plus free shipping with the code flagship20 at manscaped.com. Again, that's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use that code flagship20 to unlock your confidence 
and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Once again, that's flagship20, the code at manscaped.com, 20% off plus free shipping. So nobody's attributing the shitty dynamite rating to Cody not being there, right? Please tell me nobody's doing that. Um, I haven't seen it, but probably somewhere. Um, I mean, I don't think one has to do with the other. No. But uh, I, I, I'm, I, I was very busy. I didn't have a chance to absorb any discourse today. But, the best uh, part about our new life in our post-take world, post-Twitter take world, I don't know, Joe, and I'm not sure, and I don't really care. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, <laughs> the thing is, okay, so maybe, probably, I don't know. I don't care. The thing about it is, I I have to keep an eye on Twitter because you have to. I, yeah, sure. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Going on in in wrestling, and also, um, you know, people that there are people who need to get a hold of me who know how to get a hold of me on Twitter. Like that's important too. Like, you know, uh, just maintaining contacts and things like that. So I see what's going on on Twitter, you know, most days, even though I don't participate, even though we don't participate in the discourse anymore, we still see what's going on. Just today I had no chance to even see what was going on. So that's the only reason I ask. I haven't been on our discord. I haven't really been on Twitter. Um, I, I think there's there was a lot of tongue in cheek stuff, but I don't know if anybody actually truly believes that. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, fan AEW fan Y was just like, well, hey, listen, it's good Cody. timing for Cody. That's great. Oh, like I said, if if he hasn't signed that deal already, I'm getting a printout of those uh, that chart and going, ah, you know what? <laughs> like, just to, yeah, hey, Vince Jr. Just so you know, pal, like, don't call him Vince Jr. That's not gonna be good for your your deal. But you know, say I, you know, slide him over the paper. That's kind of weird. I, you know. Yeah. These came out and look at that rating—the worst rating they've had since December. I'm just saying, you know, if you want to add an extra zero to that check there. That's uh, that would be more than happy with me, and I'm, I'm, you know. So I do want to get this in quickly before we do our next topic. On the Thursday TV reviews earlier today, I was using the uh, the the quarter hours from Brandon Thurston, of course, because he's he always has them first. And Brandon actually had an error that he corrected after the Thursday Uh-oh. TV. So. Um, the top quarter hour on the show and this, okay. So the top quarter hour in 18 to 49 was quarter hour three with the Danielson Moxley promo, which did you watch dynamite? Yet oh or no? yeah. It's fucking an awesome. Episode dynamite. Yeah. That, 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 that is almost as perfect of a wrestling show as I could. If I was booking a wrestling show, it would look a lot like that dynamite last week. Start to finish. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, great promo. Great matches. Danielson and Moriarty. Oh my God. Oh, <laughs> that's that's wrestling, man. That is yeah. That's the shit I love. If you if you yeah. want to know what a rich crazy wrestling show looks like, it was that dynamite this week, pretty much. I loved just about every segment on the show. I, I the, the Mercedes Martinez Jamie Hader stuff, which has been bubbling for weeks. If you pay attention to like Jamie Hader's little facial expression, oh yeah, yeah. Her, her eye roll. She's she's great eye roller. She she's does like, so good. She is. She'd be such an, like an annoying like girlfriend oh yeah 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 because you would say hey you want to go out to eat to blank yeah. and she'd go Ugh, and you go all right well what do you want to do you know what i mean yeah, like yeah, yeah. it's that look she has that amazing look Ugh. she's so good at that yeah, you're like all right fine then you tell me i've given you three options you've done that to everyone where do you want to eat and she goes i don't know you pick I'm like, i just think you know like it would be that sort of yeah incredible stuff and yeah. then you starve to death and eat cereal at 10 30 right yeah How you guys are you guys are in a fight and it's, it's nine o'clock yeah. and now nobody's eating dinner because you guys just can't fucking decide where to go so yeah, but like like her seething jealousy that like Britt brought someone else in because uh-huh, uh-huh. she couldn't get the job done, and then 
she's the one who attacks Martinez when Martinez is, is, is having second thoughts with the pipe. Like every segment on the show I thought worked. Um, but anyway, Brandon underreported uh, the total viewership for that third quarter hour by a hundred thousand viewers. So not only was the Danielson Moxley promo number one quarter in 18 to 49, it was actually the number one quarter in total viewership too, even higher than quarter one with the lead in. So that looks like it was a big hit. So um, that I wanted to address because I, when I talked on the, the TV reviews, I had obviously very different information. Mm-hmm. So, and I know a lot of people listen to the TV reviews and then come right to this live stream. So there you go. But the rating stunk, obviously. Oh yeah, yeah. No, no, no way. Um, no way to twist that bad rating. But yeah. And, and I, you know, I was just curious if anyone was trying to attribute that, uh, to the Cody news, which I think, if anything, would have helped the rating to see how I thought so too. Honestly, I thought it was a big part of why. Usually, I, I I don't catch Dynamite live. I'm usually watching it on DVR later that night or the next day or whatever. I was right there at 7 p.m. just thinking, are they going to do like? I was curious if they were going to do a promo package, if they were going to do some sort of like, you know, thank you Cody for all you did, like, you know, ha- you know, I didn't know what the hell they were going to do, and they just kind of did business as usual for the most part. Uh, so, uh, you know, about uh, 15, 20 minutes after, I think right after the punk uh, uh, MJF stuff, I said, ah, you know what, I'll watch the rest of this on DVR. I'll go do some other stuff and, and, and come back to the show or whatever. But, I mean, I was right there at 7 thinking, all right, it's going to be very interesting to see how they react to this. Are they going to take him out of the promo package? Like, I was, I was curious about all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I, I'd imagine I would have thought, like you said, like I thought more people would have watched because of that because it was such an interesting news story. So, I think now we know – how AEW is going to handle big departures. Business as usual. Mm-hmm. Their name comes up when it's appropriate for their name to come up. And we're not going to pretend they don't exist. We're not going to throw them a going away party. But when Cody's name kind of had to come up because of storylines or what have you, his name came up. And that was that. Mm-hmm. So... We didn't know yet how they would handle Right, something. right. They're talking about a dog collar match, and they have to see, well, Brody Lee was in a dog collar match, and oh, what an incredible... You know, they said Cody Rhodes, you know, and they mentioned yeah. him like four or five times during the show because he's an important part of their history, an important part of a lot of stuff that they did. So they and, mentioned he was him. On the sh- and he was on the show two weeks ago. <laughs> right, 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 right. So they mentioned him, but yeah, like you said, they didn't start the show with like... Tony Khan being like, I just want to thank Cody Rhodes for everything he did. And, you know, a promo package about, you know, leave the memories alone. Which, honestly, I thought they might. I didn't know how they were going to handle it. I didn't know I either. Didn't like, I, 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 I didn't know. I thought they, I honestly, honestly, truly thought that there was going to be something at the beginning where they would say, you know, or or even like even they wouldn't say it explicitly, that they might say, oh, well, you may have heard the news, but, you know, Cody Rhodes has departed AEW. We wish him the best. And, like, we had great memories and all that sort of stuff. But, uh, you know, we'll roll on here with, uh, you know, AEW Dynamite. Again, no, business as usual for the most part. Brought him up when they had to bring him up. Didn't throw him a going away party like you said and, and, and just kind of said, all right, next man up. Let's keep going. And didn't force his name in there. Yeah, it came right, up right, when right. appropriate, you know. And the further removed we get from him leaving, the less his name will come up. But, I mean, the guy just was on the show two weeks ago. And, you know, so, you know, his, it's, it's, you know, his name, they didn't actively try to avoid saying the name or anything like that, which I didn't think that they would do. Um, you know, that's how WWE handles it. You leave WWE, you cease to exist. It's just you, you don't exist anymore. Um, and I, I, you know, and I didn't think Tony Khan would be the kind of guy to take that tact because – Again, I think he 
respects wrestling history and 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 really what's the point like what's the big deal you can't say someone's name because they don't work there anymore no, i mean they, they've they've always said that AEW, and i love that about AEWs. they've always said the re- wrestling is their universe mm-hmm. everybody i mean you saw it on that you saw it on the dynamite show you got john moxley cutting a promo about you know some indie show in, i forget yeah. some podunk town in ohio or whatever and it's like you know yeah it's just you yeah know. they you know and occasionally wrestlers will talk about their wwe matches right their wrestling WWE is, is their universe yeah they don't care and people where it was. lose their minds oh why are they bringing up wwe so what we're not <laughs> stupid we know these matches happened you know and, and it's good that the whole wrestling universe is their universe that's what that's one of the things i really like about the company yeah, absolutely is that they don't ignore they don't ignore anything so uh, so i hate to do a plug for uh the patreon right now but uh it, it, you know i watch wrestling as we're doing the show i have the uh, uh, uh i have a randomizer set up and a december 19th 1995 ecw hardcore tv uh appeared Oh, that's you want to talk about the wheelhouse of my wheelhouse. Yes, I want to. I we don't. I don't want to spend too much time on this, but I am watching yeah. what appears to be the greatest squash match I've ever seen in my life, with Taz absolutely fucking killing El Puerto Ricano. Yeah, El Puerto oh Ricano. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, this El man Porto... is dead. This man has died. He never wrestled again. He died, right? Oh no 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 no. no He's no. dead. He had to have died. I just watched this match. He's dead. El Puerto Riqueño um, was a tremendous job. That's Pablo Marquez. You yes, know I know Pablo Riqueño. Marquez. Yeah. He is getting uh, – it, it is incredible here. He is getting yeah. fucking mauled by Taz. And it rules so much. Listen, guys like – you know, he was perfect for that role. He would get killed by everybody. But, yeah, I remember that Taz oh. match we're talking about. Um, this Taz yeah. is so fucking cool at this time. Like people, like people know. Like I grew up in like 1998 Taz, which was still pretty fucking awesome. Yeah. But you don't know Taz until you've watched like this era of Taz, man. Right when he came back from the broken neck, yeah. he became a human suplex. He machine. has just dropped this guy in his neck and punched him so many times. It's fucking great. Yeah. This is the December to the December to this. Uh, not December to this. Maybe December. The first December. To December show. What's the date on that that you're watching? Uh, this is December December nineteenth, nineteen ninety five. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a December. That was the first December to dismember event. Then WWE copied the name for their ECW pay per view. Mm-hmm. December to dismember. They use the same name. But um, yeah, that was. Uh, I'm trying to think. Is that when uh, Steve Austin was in on his run? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he he just got done cutting a promo. They showed a bunch of you know video yeah. packages of him versus Sandman and whatnot. So yeah. well, they did Sandman, Steve Austin, and Mikey Whipwreck mm-hmm. was a three way match. I think it was on that same show. So um, no, El Puerto Riqueño, he he ruled. I mean, he would. <laughs> yeah, he took that uh, an awesome beating here. Incredible job by him. Yeah, he would get fucked up like in the opener of of the of the arena shows a lot. Like he was a he was yeah a tremendous job. Very you can you can tell how good he was at his job by how much they used him. Like he 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 never got a modicum of a push, but he was probably there. Right. Oh, up he was there for like again. four four or five years, I think. And he did he did a brief. He did a uh, <laughs> he was uh, he was in WWF as a. Uh, wasn't he Babu? <laughs> I think I hate he was in WWF. That I don't remember. Yeah, I think he was uh, Babu of uh, Tiger uh, Ali Singh fame. Oh, yeah. oh, you might be right about that. 
not problematic at all. <laughs> Babu. No. <laughs> he was a Puerto Rican guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God. They could find I, one forgot Babu. I forgot Babu existed. <laughs> I guess he's from Ecuador. He's not even Puerto Rican. He's from Ecuador. But... Well, I you know, can Puerto Rican, you... Ecuador, Indian, whatever. Who cares? You know, I can see why you he were. He is a man that is not white, so he could be anything else that you need him to be. So, Rich, Rich, I don't think anyone's going to cancel you for thinking the guy called El Porto Ricano <laughs> was not from Puerto was Rican. Puerto Rican. Yeah, right. I think you get a pass for that one. <laughs> So, uh, Abu. <laughs> oh God, the attitude era, fucking horrible. Jesus Christ. All right. Yeah. Well, luckily WWE is great now. Let's talk about WWE Elimination Chamber show. <laughs> the show oh, okay. from the lovely right. Jetta Superdome this Saturday. I know you'll be watching. We'll all be watching it. Uh, I don't know, eight AM or whatever the fuck it's gonna be on. Uh, <laughs> this is. Uh, Rey Mysterio with Dominic versus The Miz. Joe, will you care about Dominic in this match? Well, <laughs> can't after, even a lot of, after a <laughs> lot even, of after a lot of No, just don't even. Can I just, can I just list the matches and we can move on to our next topic here? I've been thinking about this. Okay, thing. all right, go ahead. And, you know, I've been thinking a lot about Dominic, I have to tell you. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Um, and I've, I've come to. I'm sitting down. What do we got? Well, you know, what's the match again? It's it's uh, uh, it's Rey Mysterio with Dominic. Dominic's not even there. He's not in the right, match. Right, right. He's just accompanying his father, Rey Mysterio, to the match mm-hmm. against the Miz with Maurice. Right. Um, the thing about that is, I still will never care oh, about Dominic. Fuck. Ever. Damn it. So not even as a second. You know, in in an alternate universe, you know, Rey almost came to AEW. Can you even picture Dominic AEW? <laughs> no, no, no. Let's be serious about this. Nightmare uh, factory training. Uh, they wouldn't have put him on TV as soon as WWE did. Could you have? Could they have gotten something? No, Listen, I think is he, he any worse than Brock Anderson? I mean, you know, well, he is worse. Than yeah, Brock. he is worse than Brock Anderson. He's pretty terrible. No, he can't really do anything, and he looks like a lump of shit. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Uh... Brock Anderson actually looked pretty okay. Yeah, Brock, and Brock has the uh, a semi look of a pro wrestler. Dominic does eh. not. Yeah. Ish, ish, ish. The the Brock and Lee Johnson versus FTR match. Did you see that? <laughs> um. On uh, it was either on Rampage. I don't. Or... Th- it doesn't ring a bell, so I don't think I did. I it was last week. I think it. I, I forget which show it was on, but um, Brock it looks like he's taking these. He's he's improving a little. There you go. See? I mean, look, look. It's hard. Look, these guys are literal rookies. You know what I mean? So it's like, and and they're on national TV, and um, we all know Brock Anderson wouldn't be anywhere near national TV if if his father wasn't who he was. It's the same. You know, same scenario as Dominic. But um, I thought they had. A neat little match against F- FTR. I, I, I will say that. But uh, that's my preview. Yeah, th- thank you so much for previewing versus uh, The Miz. All right, so this is uh, Ronda Rousey and Naomi versus Charlotte Flair and Sonya Deville. Now, uh, the SmackDown was taped, and I think it's a, a bit of a spoiler, but I think the report is, and who knows if they're going to edit this out or change this or whatever, uh, but the idea here is that Ronda Rousey will be fighting with one arm tied behind her back. Is that true? Oh, wait, this is the Saudi show? Yes. They're flying Dominic to Saudi yes. Arabia to stand in a corner? <laughs> yes. And Dominic's okay with that? Uh, I guess the payday's good enough. I don't mean from a moral standpoint. 
I mean from like I really have to get on a plane and go to Saudi Arabia. Yeah, if if I'm dumb, I'm just like I don't really. No, I'm good. You know, like I I don't want to get on a plane and do a 15 hour plane ride or whatever the hell it is to get to to Jeddah, Jeddah Superdome. I'm good. Anyway, yes, Ronda is wrestling with a hand tied behind her back <sighs> right. after after the way she looked at the Royal Rumble, um, which was she needs not both great, of those but, hands right now. Well, it's you know, we tell stories, Rich. Okay, well, great, awesome. Um, One hand tied behind her back while wearing a triple <laughs> XL Gildan T-shirt. And, uh, <laughs> what did the shirt say? I forget what it said. Like, <laughs> it's I don't know what it's gonna say. What the hell did their shirt say? What did it, it say at the it, Rumble? It was great. It was just like, hers is gonna say Hot Rod. It's gonna be a triple XL, <laughs> and you know with the fucking oh, oh who baddest. Was? It just said baddest in like the laziest <laughs> font ever. <laughs> wasn't it? It wasn't even the Piper font. No, it was, it was like, nothing. Uh, it was like literally she showed up with a shirt and said. I don't know, put Battis on it. And they went, all right, we'll put Battis on it. And then, yeah, she. Yeah. Um, who are her opponent? It's. Uh... Uh, she is teaming with Naomi, and she is going to yeah. be facing Charlotte Flair and Sonya Deville. Well, Naomi have a Triple uh, X Gildan t-shirt that glows in the dark. <laughs> yes. They... yes, she will, yeah. <laughs> and for by the way, for people who are, who are there was probably people it's... that listened to that last segment and thought you were making a, a body shaming joke. You were making a Jeddah Saudi Arabia joke. Because these women will be wearing gigantic T-shirts because they can't yes, they show will. any skin. That, oh. just in case somebody wanted to get mad about it, that is what the joke is. So think of the progress, though, right. Rich. You're not thinking of the progress. <laughs> what was the what term that they made everybody about. tweet out? What was the? <laughs> oh, uh, oh, shit. continues the, to uh, uh, elicit change or something. Oh, or what something was it? The, the note of chat room will tell us, but uh, uh, yeah. Uh, Box-like structure. Uh, <laughs> Elimination box-like structure, yeah. Um, um, yeah, I forget what it was, but yeah, the, the, the people will come with it. Yeah, don't, uh, like 17 people had to tweet out, like, WWE continues to be the the forefront I of change, at the at the forefront of change, or something like that. Yeah, somebody will get it. Uh, yeah, something like that. Anyway, what's the next match? Speaking of forefront of change, we have an Elimination Chamber match with a bunch of women in it. Uh, Liv Morgan, Rhea Ripley, Bianca Belair, Dewdrop, Nikki Ash, and Alexa Bliss. Uh, this is for the Raw Women's Title match at WrestleMania. Uh, Joe, the optics of a match called the Elimination Chamber with a bunch of women wearing oversized T-shirts in the Jetta Superdome is just I... yeah, <laughs> I just <laughs> too many too many T-shirts. I'm just gonna let that go. Uh, WWE continues to influence the world. Is uh, oh is... yes, they do. Yes, yes, yes. influence the world. Uh, do, do we talk about Alexa Bliss complaining about her 2K rating now, or do we? Uh, was it her that, or was it, it was Liv? Right? Wasn't it? Y'all only oh, once? you're yeah, right. It, it was, was Gianna Daddio. Yeah, <laughs> she was uh, upset Gianna about her Daddio. 2K rating. Which, for people that are getting upset, like people are kind of making fun of her for that. And I will say, I I am fine making fun of her for that because it, you're kind of a dork if you do that. Um, she's in this video with Ronnie 2K, which Ronnie 2K fucking sucks too. Like one of the worst. He, do you do you know the uh, the 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 Ronnie Two K story or what he is or whatever? I have no idea what you're talking. So about. Ronnie Two K is like the um he's like the community manager for Two K. I forget what their term is or whatever. He's like the social media guy and all that sort of stuff. So he hosts these videos where he talks about you know the guy's ratings and stuff like that and all that sort of stuff. The best part is because he's the forward face of like the Two K games. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like people, I, I, me and my friend have this giant joke about it. Like if you go if you look up his Twitter. It's like Ronnie being like, 
hey, we just pushed a new update. There's new my team stuff. And people are like, Roddy, servers suck. Fuck you. <laughs> just like he gets uh, everything. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. like that he is the man who's like sitting back there making the servers not work, like programming the game, like deciding that LeBron needs to be a, a 96 instead of a 97 or whatever. I mean, the man, his his social media mentions have to be the absolute worst social media mentions in the universe. Yeah. It is yeah. incredible. They're just like, Ronnie, I tried to play and it disconnected. Fuck you. <laughs> Kill yourself. Like, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> it is. And he's a goober, too. Like, he's yeah, yeah. such a fucking goober. And he, he plays in, like, the NBA Celebrity All-Star games as well. Like, if you want to watch on Friday, Ronnie2K will be out there playing and stuff. It's just, like, he's just, like, a, a ridiculous human being. And it's just it's perfect that he would host this segment with Yeah, Only Live Once and tell her that she's, you know, the same rating as, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like yeah. these, like, part-timers or people that she can get upset about it. or uh, but I think she's the 77. Yeah, something. which is a rough rate. But, like, here's the thing, though, about, about Liv and the ratings or whatever. I can't criticize her because multi, 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 multi-million dollar athletes do the exact same thing every single year. Yep. So I can't hate on her for doing it because, like, I think it was either Kevin Durant or LeBron James, I forget who it was. They got rated like a 97 or something a couple years ago in one of the 2K games. And we're like, how many more points I got to average to get a 99 or whatever? You know what I mean? They're yeah. like, it's like, bro, yeah, yeah. like the highest guy in the game. Like, you're not a 99. Just chill. It's all right, Kevin Durant. Like, it's fine. Like, you don't have to worry about this. Every year, Madden guys, every year, 2K guys, it is. And these people make a lot more money and should care a lot less about this than they do. So yeah. I can't, yeah. I can't bury you only live once on this. I can't. Well, EA has like, I, you know, with Madden, they have the 99 club. Yeah. Guys that have gotten the 99 rating in Madden. So they've kind of turned it into a thing too. So yeah, these guys wait for the ratings to come out and they, and they, yeah, they pounce. So she's doing basically the same thing with her. With her now, what sucks is that a lot of the other guys do, like, like I said, Kevin Durant's upset that he got a 96 instead of a 99 or whatever. She got a 77, yeah. which is a, 77. a bit of a gut bite. I don't know if I'd invite the person on to tell her she gets a 77. You know what I mean? Well, like she was a 69 last year. Well, so nice. he's up from oh, that's nice 69. To see improved, so. Nice, nice indeed. <laughs> but live more Falls gone. count anywhere in the Jetta Superdome for Drew McIntyre and Madcap Moss. Ah, the hottest feud in the territory. <laughs> a main event in any yeah. building, including, Absolutely. but not, but not the Jetta Superdome because we got some other main events on this this building. Yeah, I can't believe Madcap Moss is real. Like I know he's been around <laughs> for like six months. I know. Like here's a guy, here's a guy who comes out in suspenders. And he tells this jokes. This company's gonna fuck up Cody Rhodes so bad. He, he <laughs> you know what I mean? He's, he's stardust. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like how? Can I take a betting line on how quickly he'll be stardust? He's or at the, least have to turn down stardust and just say, Vin, yeah. "I can't do. I'm not doing stardust, Vince. I can't." Mad Cat Moss's gimmick is like. He's a happy-go-lucky guy at a speakeasy in 1932. <laughs> Where did they come up with this stuff? Who's used the term madcap? Yeah, madcap. No one has used the term madcap <laughs> since Prohibition. What? What? It's it's so WWE because I, I did uh, you know in the Yes Movement patreoncom wrestling, flagship patreon.com. Uh, How is he real? Abeyance. Remember when they were big on abeyance? Because the titles titles couldn't be vacant anymore, Joe. Vacant's old school. We need to be abeyance. Abeyance. This title is in abeyance. I looked it up. 
An abeyance reached, I believe, its peak as a word in 1883 or something like that. It was something ridiculous where I looked at like the Google, like, you know, the Google trends or whatever, or the Google books or whatever. And abeyance, yeah, its peak, it was like 1883 or something like that. And it had been going downward every year since then. (laughs) Let's let me do that. Mad uh, Google word search. Yeah, let me see. Madcap when a. when the term madcap was at its best. <laughs> madcap. Why is, he, why is his name Madcap? I told you. He's like... Oh, my God. He's from the 1930s. Look how he's dressed. His jokes. Okay. I mean, they're, they're getting upset here. Uh, I'll, I'll look this. I'll look this up as we go on. Today I learned that there's a Marvel villain named Madcap. There you go. Oh, okay. He's a Captain America villain, it looks like. Whatever. What's the <laughs> what? next one? That sounds awesome. Uh, right, we're still trying to get Madcap here. Let's see. Okay, so from 1800 to 19, uh, 2019. Are you ready for that? All right, Madcap reached its peak in, it appears, 1897, Joe. But it has oh. a bit of an increase here. 2016, it, it it rose up again. So, either there was an increase in in in, in books or, or novels about prohibition, or uh, Vincent so wait, Brewster on the on the precipice here. This word peaked in 1897. Uh, correct. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, it reached its uh, its uh, nadir, Joe, in uh, 1952. Is when it's not Oh, well, lowest. So 1930 wasn't a bad guess, I guess. Uh, not bad. Yeah, no. It, it so I will tell you it, it dry, so it was big in 1897, dropped precipitously in the uh, 1900s, had a big rise. 1926, huge rise for Madcap, uh, and then slowly crawled to the bottom until the 1950s, and then now s- kind of slowly moving up, I'll say. So, well, um, WWE continues to influence the world. <laughs> right, so. so that's a clear. Madcap is going to be on the tip of everyone's tongues as we uh, move forward in the new millennial year. Uh, SmackDown tag team titles, the Usos. Yes. Jimmy and Jay Uso versus the Viking Raiders. All right. Uh, Becky Lynch, Raw Women's title against Lita. <laughs> yeah, this is a weird one because um, I, I don't have a take, honestly. I, I, I was going to try to force a take. But here's the thing. Rich, I don't give a shit. Could not I can't give care. you a take. Could not possibly care. Yeah. I don't want to watch Lita wrestle. Um I don't know. A third t shirt match. What else we got? I'll just say, um, if you're gonna talk mad shit about uh WWE going to Saudi Arabia, maybe don't uh eventually take the bag. Call you. So. Oh, did Lita do that? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh well. It makes you kind of come across, you know. Yeah. Well. But hey, go get that money. Get that money if you want. But uh, you know, it's Lita. You know, she got bills to pay too. Yeah. Uh, elimination Chamber, another Elimination Chamber, Joe. Uh, WWE Championship on the line here. We got Bobby Lashley defending his title against Brock Lesnar, Seth freaking Rollins, Austin Theory, Riddle, and AJ Styles. I think there's odds on this on. Uh... On my bookie, let me say. I kind of feel like Brock's got to win this again, right? 
Like they yeah, just they can't have Brock lose ever, so he's gonna win this. Nah, you guys got he's going to WrestleMania, Rich. <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> Thank God he won listen. If he won that Royal thank, Rumble, thank God he got there, yeah. Cause Yeah. Thank God he won the Royal Rumble, because otherwise Brock Lesnar wouldn't be going to WrestleMania. Surely they wouldn't have him on the show. Um yeah, he's minus one twenty five. He's the uh, odds on favorite to uh to I'd say that's smart money. I'd say that's smart money to bet on uh on Brock Lesnar. Everyone else is a huge favorite on this show. So, oh, we've got Cody Rhodes odds up. You want these? Oh, let's go. Yeah, what are these? Will Cody Rhodes wrestle at WrestleMania? How about this? Try to guess the odds and then see if you've got yourself. I some would value. say yes is I don't know, like a minus minus one hundred or so. So even odds. Yeah, right around there. Now it's minus two sixty. Big. Hmm. Big favorite. No is mm. plus 180. I think he'll wrestle WrestleMania. I think so. Um, second Cody Rhodes prop. Cody Rhodes bring back Stardust at WrestleMania. <laughs> I don't think at – okay, if it was at any time, I would say. At WrestleMania, I don't I don't think they'll do Stardust yet. At no is minus 400. Okay, so yeah. Yes is plus 250. I'm going to bet that. He is not going to be Stardust. You know what? So. Why would you know what? I'm not going to bet that. Because... <laughs> it's also World Wrestling Entertainment. So. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Can we really write off that as a possibility? Now, he hates Stardust, right? He hates it. I think so, yeah. So, but would he do it as a gag? Would he ca- yeah, would he cash a check and just say, fuck it, I don't really care. Yeah. Goldberg in the wig. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, WWE Universal Championship. Roman Reigns defending the title against Bill Goldberg. Uh, yeah, Roman is, is, is an enormous favorite. Minus 1250. Yeah. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, there's a $25 cap on this. Let me see how much. <laughs> right. Well, hold on. Let me try to bet 100 bucks on it and see if it lets me. Because I think that there is, and I, 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 I mean this earnestly, I don't think it's impossible that Brock comes out and costs Roman that match. You know what I mean? I wouldn't say yeah. that that's what I would do, but if you had a spare 20 bucks that you wanted to maybe give it a whirl, I don't think it's impossible that that could happen. 20 bucks on Goldberg, you mean? Right, right. Because yeah, a $20 bet on Roman pays $1.60. Yeah, don't do that. That's a bad bet. Just don't even bet don't. that. But, but I think if you, if you have some free play, if you got some money to play with, I don't think it's impossible that Goldberg wins this match. I don't know if this is capped because I put in a hundred bucks and it's telling me cancel or confirm. And I don't want to confirm that. Yeah. Don't do that. But that's what I have to press. Cause then it'll say, Oh, your limit is blah, blah. But I'm curious at the same time, should I bet a hundred bucks on Roman Reigns here at my, for, for, for an eight, $8 payoff? No, should I do this? no, I don't do that. Of course it's not. not worth it. All right. Let me wipe it out. Yeah, I don't know. What else is on this show? All right, so, uh, that's it. That's the show. As you can see, I'm very excited about... Yeah, um, oh, yeah. you you have your alarm set for uh, Saturday morning at 9 a.m. to, to uh, take in I, on the award-winning the, Peacock. The, uh, I'm sure we'll have an extensive review oh, next week on this show. God damn it. Um, wait a minute. What's next? Oh, man. I was hoping I'd be gone already, but I'm not. Um, <laughs> no, you're here next week, pal. So. I, I'm here next week. Uh, we got we I, we might have a big show next week, so I don't. I mean, we might not get to elimination chamber, so we'll we'll, we'll see. Um, Why would we have a big show next week? 
I, th- I think that could be our 10th anniversary show. Oh, well, I'm glad I'm being filled in on these matters. I'm just saying, we're get- I told you earlier on the show, I think that- I think we're-, we're getting to that point. I think that we have to do it. Yeah, you're right. Well, we got to do it in like the next three weeks. Exactly. All right. Yeah. Um, Starkade 91 is-, is happening, by the way. Is that what you want to do? I do want to do Starkade 91. How many people remember that bit? Probably uh, the people that do are going to love it. Yeah. I guess we'll find out how much turnover we've had. Yeah. I know I'm watching it. I got it ready to go. I'm watching it, man. I got notes. I'm I'm ready. All right. Okay. Then I guess we're doing it. Yeah, Star we'll Cape Star- 91. Yeah, we'll do the uh we'll do the uh um I think we had to do the Observer Awards. That was our first ever show, so we gotta cover those again. Oh, I see. Oh, I see. I'm trying I'm to line it up with the Observer now. Awards, yeah. Because I right. don't actually know when our first show was. So that's... Yeah, it was around this time, sometime. Yeah. yeah. No, that that makes sense because the awards are coming out this week. Yeah. So, Observer Awards, Starcade 91. Um, and just punt everything else? I think so. Hmm. Interview with Gabe Sapolsky about NFTs. I'm sure we could do it. Hell yeah. <laughs> I, too, would like to learn about NFTs. I mean, I could, I, could, I could ask him. I've thought about becoming a crypto guy. Oh, hey, I got the, guy, I got the right guy for you. I mean, because the crypto market crashed. So Joe Lanza is one to buy stocks on the day of the crash. Believe me, I have no qualms about that. <laughs> yeah, that's, um, uh, I, apparently that crash is real enough that uh, my, uh, I have a, a member of the extended family who was uh, big on it, who is now kind of saying, ah, I got I to gotta lay low here for a little bit because uh, things are not yeah, going great. Yeah, he's a big crypto guy, right? Yeah, big yeah, crypto yeah, guy. yeah. You just have to you see if, if you invest, you just got to forget that you invested. It's like anything. That's why I, I have some money in it, and I don't even know what it's doing. Don't even just, look at yeah, it. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah. In like ten years, I'll look at it, and then. Yeah, so I was thinking about becoming a crypto guy. You know, well, uh, <laughs> I will bring I, Mr. Gabe Sapolsky on. Then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking the wokes aren't going to like that one, Rich, but they've all canceled me anyway. Right, so right, right. What more can yeah? What more like, could you do? So yeah, so uh, you know, um, so if you're going to become a crypto guy, I mean, you may as well go all in and become an nft guy right mm-hmm. i mean i don't even know what an nft is i don't know what the fucking well i have the guy to explain it to you i i think <laughs> sort what of. is it the dancing bear or the dancing ape or whatever uh, board i believe they're it? board apes i believe they're board apes board apes dancing bears all apes it's an entirely different thing yes no i think dancing bears a porn site it's the gimmick where we're with the male strippers very much so yes we are not and getting into dancing the, bears on next week's show i could they're all the, it's always like a male stripper at a bachelorette party and he goes down the line and gets head from every one of them isn't that the dancing bear gimmick <laughs> you seem to know a lot about it so you tell me man no, I'm just saying, well, maybe you don't know Dancing Bear. I, thought uh, that I believe that is the case. Yeah, I, I see some of those thumbnails and go, ah, no, thank you. <laughs> those I have, are wild. I have perused one of those thumbnails. I think I've probably watched, I've, I I think I've curiously been like, ah, what's going yeah. on here? And it's just like a lot of yelling and a lot of blowjobs. So I'm just kind of like, all right, I'm out of here. The, the, thing, the, thing about, the thing about the stripper at the party porn, the male stripper at a party, the, the kayfabe is tricky with that because the women don't look like porn stars. They don't. So they look like normal women. I'm like, man, what like party do you women. go to that like yeah. like what bachelor oh. party? They're like, yeah, we're gonna get a stripper. We're all gonna suck his dick. And I'm like, whoa. Like, yeah. So I'm not like. Here's the thing. Like, and then he might like, bang a few of us if that's fine with you guys. And I'm like, whoa. How did like how do you approach that part of a bachelorette party? It's like, all right. So what we're gonna do is get drinks here because like I love this place and like it's a really cool place. And then we'll take a trolley to like this place. Oh, and then a male stripper, we're going to blow him, and then he's going to bang a few of us. It's like, whoa. <laughs> like, All I'm excuse saying is. me? How did it get to that point? <laughs> I don't know if those are works or shoots. I, that's yeah, the, yeah, yeah. That's you're the right, rare you're right, you're porn right. where I don't know if it's a work or a shoot. 
because the women don't look like workers. They're very normal looking women. Yeah. They're just average looking women. Like every now and then, like every fourth woman is clearly a worker. So I think what they do. Oh, they bang the actual, they bang the worker, but maybe some of the regulars get in on the, uh, exactly. Get in on the mouth action then. Right. Right. I think, I think it's, it's every like third or fourth woman's a worker. Right. I think the rest are extras. So, but so I think Dancing Bear guy is not banging Gen Pop people. He's banging other porn stars, but he'll get a he'll get a you know a little hand job from a from a Gen Popper. Yes, what I think is happening is he knows who the workers are. Got it. But I think the extras get caught. Some of them get caught up in the moment, like oh, I got this nice dong in my face. It's a porn shoot anyway. <laughs> Devil may care. I'm gonna give it a little lick. Right, I think that's what goes down. Okay, right. I think that's what's happening because I could see like an extra, a woman who's not a worker, getting caught up in the action. The guy's hot. She's got a dong in her face. It's got a little of the whipped cream because he usually has the whipped cream container too with the gimmick. And she's like, "Ah, you know what? Fuck it. You only live once. I'm gonna give him a little sucky for a couple seconds here, and then the girl next to me is a worker. She'll bang like he'll bend her over and bang her." But I'm getting caught. I'm a little turned on. You know, maybe she's thinking I'm a little turned on. Like this scene is hot. There's these hot guys with their dongs out. Yeah, we're all a little, we're I'm, all a little drunk. You know, it's fun. We're at a club. Yeah, yeah. This is kind of hot. And I think what happens is sometimes the extras just get caught up in the moment and they give it a little sucky. Because if you notice, later on, go a back and watch sucky. one of these. Listen, if you notice. Every now and then, like the guy is dancing, he's doing. I'm da- I'm doing the dance right now. <laughs> You're doing the dancing fair right now. The do you have whipped cream? The- do you have whipped cream nearby, Joe, that you can completely recreate this? I don't have whipped cream, but you'll see the guy dancing, going down the line, and the women are all hooting and hollering, and he's like, you know, he's mouth banging them all the way down the line. But every now and then, you'll see one would get a look on her face, and she's like, no, hard pass. I think that's an action. Like, but some of the and and like and then he moves on to the next one, right? But I think some of the extras just get turned on and they get caught up in the moment. So that's my breakdown of those because those <laughs> are like the bear videos. Yeah, those are like the only porns that work me. Like I, like I, I like I can't figure out whether they're works or shoots a lot of the time, just because of the way that the women that you can tell that they're not all pros. They're not all workers. So um, those are always fascinating to me. But the problem is. I end up like trying to analyze those, and then my 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 jack sessions over at that point because now I'll, like because now you're the, 15 the, minutes in different... zooming in and being like that. Sh- there's no way. There's no way. Like... Yeah, I'm breaking them down like it's a Pruder film instead, of, and now I'm not concentrating on jacking it, and that's a different part of my brain, you know. So that's like I come across those when I'm you know doing, and and then I always have to be like, no, I have to see if this one's a work or a shoot, and I, and I always am like is this woman a worker? She's not a worker. I wonder like if she has a man at home because she just licked this guy's dong. Right. I think about these things. Like, how would you feel? Well, I mean, like you, you, know, you thought you're going to a normal bachelorette party and then they're like, yeah, we're going to go to this one club. And you're like, all right, cool. And you're like, and there's going to be a stripper there. You're like, oh, that's kind of wild, but all right. Sounds good. And then like, yeah, like your friends are like sucking this dude's dick. You're going to be like, whoa, like, excuse me. Like what the hell? Can't I, got a worse, like, I got a worse scenario for you. Like it's two 30 AM wife's asleep you're like "Eh, you know i'm gonna watch a little porn you come across one of these vids and she's in the lineup yeah you're right right that could happen you're like, like hey, what, uh, what and then, like, hey, what happened at uh, at uh, at Kelsey's uh, bachelorette party? You're like, yeah. ah, we just went to you know a bar, or, you know, whatever. You're like, ah, okay. <laughs> like, I thought you and Tina were doing basket weaving for the for the <laughs> bachelorette party. 
I'm I'm watching porn, and uh, you and Tina are licking dong. What the hell's going on here? Male stripper with, with a bare head. Come on, you don't even know what he looks like. <laughs> I forgot about the because <laughs> they head. have the bare head, <laughs> the fucking mascot head, the bare it's head. It's a dancing bear. Right? Yeah, that is true. Yeah, I mean, eventually they take it off when they get down the business. Oh, for sure. for sure. I mean, yeah, I think about that. I'm like, some of these women have to have like. So I, I I'll like enlarge and look for like engagement rings and wedding rings. I'm like, hmm, I'm rubbing <laughs> yeah, that, my that chin. is ridiculous. Yeah, you're right. I'm insane. trying to yeah. figure those videos are fascinating. To they me. are pretty good. Yeah, because like and, because all these other points that try to play it off like they're a shoot. Oh yeah, every woman's like in, in incredible shape or really really good yeah. shape, and she yeah like this stuff is like they look like normal women. They like they're not they're wearing like normal clothes. They have normal body shapes and stuff like. They're kind of weird about it, like you said. So yeah, it's it's it. I, I I'm with you. I I've... there's no other porn genre that can fool me except that one. Always gets me thinking because then I'm always like, all right, I've look. I'm not a porn fiend. I'm You're not like, a porn is that actually wife. that man's stepmother? That is ridiculous that they're doing this. <laughs> right. Like this I'm... is his step his 27 year old hot stepmom wants to show him how to have sex. I don't know. It's weird, but like, all right, like. <laughs> yeah, like I look. Look, I'm not a porn fiend. I'm not a porn Bray Wyatt. But I watch a decent amount. You know, like, I'll jack at the porn now and then. And you, you look at these, like, uh, the male stripper porns, and you never recognize any of those women. Like, you ne- like you're like, that woman <laughs> has never been in a porn. And she just licked at that dude's dong. She gave him head for a solid 25 to 30 seconds. And it was, like, not porn head. It was like regular woman head. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, I do. Yeah, I do. Like, I got you. Like, she's clearly not a worker. And yeah, the workers and have I, a certain ask, a way that they do it. And, 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 yes, and, they do. And you're lucky you marry a woman that picks up on those things. But that's <laughs> neither here nor there. But the point here is, you know, you can tell. And then I'm like, is this the, uh, did she just get, is she, is this something that she, okay, this video is from 2016. Has this woman been regretting this for five years? And is she desperately trying to get scrubbed from the internet because she got tipsy at what she thought was a bachelorette party and she gave a male stripper head for 35 seconds? I think about this because you ne- you never see these women again oh. in, in any other porns. And the strippers too. Those guys aren't, aren't porn guys. There's Rich, there's like six porn guys. We all know who they are. We've all seen them a million times, okay? And the the, the, the the strippers in those scenes are like, they're never the usual porn guys either. But that's more plausible because if you're a male stripper, you're probably down for taking some money to do a porn, right? Like, it's all sex work. But the women, I'm convinced that there's some unpaid extras in there who just get caught up in the horniness of it all, and they end up sucking a dong. And that's terrifying to think about, right? Because they these women, you know, they could have very loyal uh, husbands at home or something. I don't know. And now you can see why I can't jack it to those videos because this is I'm I'm walking you through <laughs> right because you're up all night thinking about this. Who can jack to any of this? You're not supposed anyway. to get that introspective while, while while you're doing that. No, you absolutely are not. No, no. I'm gonna go watch some of those as soon as we're done. Because... <laughs> I kind of feel like a lot of people are. Yeah, we should, <laughs> we should, should ask Pornhub if they'll sponsor us because I think we just increased the uh, Dancing Bear uh, uh, views. Uh, on this night but uh all right uh we have seven minutes left and we can either punt all the topics we're going to talk about or do an overrun what do you think um 
we're never getting all these topics. Uh, we're going to have to punt a few of the topics. I, we got Roman Reigns having the greatest title reign ever. Um, Warrior Wrestling, which I can talk about very briefly. We got Rev Pro, which you can talk about briefly. 205 Live, which we can talk about briefly. And then also, oh yeah, Naito and Okada are facing each other this weekend. Let's squeeze that in and then do an overrun. Okay, so let's do that. I watched some of the tour. I crash watched some of the New Japan tour today. Uh, they took a gigantic break because of COVID. It's a very depressing tour. Um, but it's crazy that Okada is going to wrestle Naito for the IWGP title. And we nearly just punted it from the show. I mean, it's just crazy. I forgot that Tanahashi was wrestling Sonata the night before for the for the U.S. title. Um, there's a tag team title match with Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi versus Evil and Yujiro. Um, but the the one thing I did notice from what I've seen so far on the tour is it seems as though they're starting to push the great Okan. He's had a lot of singles matches. He's wrestling the Young Lions on a lot of shows. He beat Satoshi Kojima in what was basically a squash on on the show on. I want to say February 7th or something like that. Um, and he ha- and if you notice, he has a singles match on the 19th against Hanma. And then he has a singles match on the 20th against Tenzan. So they're giving the great Okan all of these singles matches. And he's running through these guys. So don't be surprised if the great Okan comes trotting down that aisle to challenge the winner of this Okada-Naito match. And remember, he has a history with Naito. Now, I don't think they would beat Okada this quickly. But, I mean, you never know with COVID New Japan what the fuck they're going to do. All I'm saying is don't be surprised if Great Okan ends up being the next challenger. Because it's it's a little conspicuous that he's beaten, that he has all these singles matches. And he's obviously going to win both of these. So, uh I don't know, Rich. I know you're super down on the New Japan. I really haven't caught up. I, I've used this opportunity to kind of not watch New Japan uh, for a while. I, I will probably check in on these shows at least the main events. I mean, U.S. title uh, and and definitely. I can't. I mean, I can't completely skip an Okada Naito match like that would be absurd. So I will do that. But I have used this last month or whatever to kind of say, you know what? I need a little bit of a break uh, from New Japan and 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 see how things go and see if things change or whatever and and, and see what we do. But I can't in good conscience miss. Um, I can't miss Okada and, and, and Naito, so I, I will definitely be watching that match. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I've, I've been kind of out of sight, out of mind with New Japan for for the last month, and I'm I kind of been fine with that. I haven't really missed it. Yeah. So junior tag titles are in a four way: Eagles and Tiger Mask, and you got Wato, Taguchi, Fantasma, Wishimori, and Desperado Kanemaru. Uh, that feels real lazy. Um, I talked about the tag team title match: Evil and Yujiro getting a shot. I mean, they have a real realistic chance of winning that. And uh, Tanahashi Sonata, I don't know. I don't have a great feel for that. Um, like I said, keep an eye on Okan. And then night two, Minoru Suzuki, Toru Yano, the king of pro wrestling uh, gimmick. Um, dog cage match. Okay. Um, House of Torture, six-man titles against Goto, Yo, and Yoshihashi. So House of Torture is paired up with like the chaos underneath guys. And they have been on the whole tour and uh, might be even moving forward after this tour as well, depending how these title matches shake out. And then, yeah. Oh yeah. Okada is wrestling Naito. In a world title <laughs> right, one of the biggest matches uh, that new Japan could put on. Uh, they're putting on, on February 20th uh, in uh, Okada's first defense of the, uh, I guess, Okada fuck it. They can't wait around forever for fans to come back. I so guess. Just, yeah. You know, just fucking, you know, it's, uh, you know, 
just do their most important match and <laughs> just throw it out just there. act like it's business as usual and I guess yeah and they're desperate I mean they're barely breaking even um you know you got to sell the tickets you can it's it's talking about New Japan has been depressing I don't know how uh Joel and Damon do it I don't I, really I don't, don't know how they do it yeah they they every week and they'll give you they give you fucking multiple hours of this shit Super J cast by the way Voice of Wrestling Podcast Network. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. For people who don't know, Joel and Damon. But, I mean, I don't know how they do it. Um, you know, it, it's it's a really hard company to talk about right now. So, uh, yeah, those are the New Japan shows. I'll have to squeeze them in. Uh, you know, whether we do a normal show next week or, or, or not, I guess, uh, well, to be the, to be the German, though. But I think it would be, it'd be fitting to talk about Okada. And, and <laughs> you know what I mean? That, I think that would be a yeah. fitting, yeah. Good point. Did I kill seven minutes or what? Yeah, we got uh, got two minutes left on the actual show itself. So uh, for people that have never been on the live stream for an overrun, do not leave. Stay here. We will probably mute. We will be gone for a little bit. Uh, I will take a leak. Joe, are you going to take a leak as well? I, sir, have to take a big dog dump. So there you go. uh, So we'll (laughs) thank you you for all those details. Um, So we'll do is we'll mute. Thank God. Um, And then. Don't leave because we will come back in a couple minutes and we will start the overrun. If you are listening on the free feed on the normal podcast feed, that is it for the free flagship. That is all for our show. But if you want to listen to the overrun, $5 tier, patreon.com slash voices of wrestling, flagship patreon.com as well. That is where we will talk about the death of 205 Live. Uh, that is where we'll talk about Roman Reigns having perhaps the greatest title reign in wrestling history. We'll talk about uh, briefly uh, Rev Pro. Uh, and Warrior Wrestling as well, kind of wrap up all the other topics we had uh, on this week's show. But again, that will be available only to people on the $5 tier, $5 and $10 tiers uh, at patreon.com slash voice wrestling. So this will be it for the free feed. If you're on the live stream listening right now, stay with us for a couple minutes. We'll both go away. We'll both do whatever we have to do, and we'll come back, and we will start the overrun. So uh, that's it for the free feed. Again, stay on. That's Joe Lanza. I'm Rich. We'll talk to you next time. Take care. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR.